Welcome back, Pipe Dreams E5. This one's going to be good. First off, I want to say a massive thank you to everybody that's been listening, commenting, sharing the the Pipe Dreams. This is, I think for me and Corey, this has been um, really good. We're super excited. It's blowing up for us, you know, in a way that we never thought it would be. Uh, we love talking. We love sharing stories and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this guest. We're in Florida at my house. Yep. And we're at Casa, yeah. Casa de Jimmy. Yeah, I've been learning that Spanish <laughs> day like 74, something like that. Oh, Me no. amigos. Yeah, no, it's great to be down here. We're uh we just did another podcast this morning, so we're just busting them out, trying to get trying to get as many done as we can. So excited to uh excited to share what we did this morning as well as our next guest here. Um two time AFT twins champ, right? They call him two time. <laughs> <laughs> um also, uh, you know, one of our good buddies and, and just an all-around great guy. He's, he's accomplished a lot in a short amount of time, and uh, we're really excited to have him on. I think I think he'll offer a lot of insight into kind of the state of flat track right now, and there's a lot of big things going on for him, but this the sport as a whole, right? So I think, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Welcome, uh, welcome, Briar. Yeah, Shannon's husband. Nice to Shannon's husband. How are you, <laughs> boys? How are we? We're good. Yeah, what a, what an intro, especially bringing bringing Shannon in. Um, first off. I've listened to uh, now JL10 and Joe Roberts. You guys are killing it. Like, I'm a big podcast guy. James was calling me like, "Hey, dude, what do you think? What do you, like, what can we change?" I'm like, "Dude, honestly, you guys are doing a good job." So it's uh, it's cool to be on here. I think that, like I said, you guys are doing a really good job. The filming, the the audio, everything is top quality. And uh, dude, it's it's good to be here. It's good to have you. It's good. To it's have great you. to have you. So you've been kind of in Florida here for. You came down a little earlier than normal. Maybe yeah. like a week or two earlier. Yeah, uh, me and Shana and uh, my dad, we want to do a little bit of traveling there at the end of the year last year. So I was real up in the air about riding Corey's race because last year I almost uh, <laughs> I almost got beat up by Tyler Scott. And uh, <laughs> and honestly, like, dude, the kids on the 450s are so good that I go there and I usually get smoked. But I'm like, you know what, let's go. So, yeah, I, I blitzed down from Pennsylvania with Shana and my dad came from Illinois and met us there. And we spent three days at, at the throwdown and... And You're on a 450 again. On a 450 again. And uh, I was a little bit, I was actually pretty competitive, which I was like, kind of surprised Very by. <laughs> so we got sporty, um, had a good couple days, but what that did was got us down here earlier. Um, I have a really good re uh, realtor down here that uh, helped me purchase <laughs> a house. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Like this new guy in the market. He's Percentage pretty... was a little bit high on the back end, but <laughs> other than that, like. Four-fifths commission. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. So Shane and I actually just purchased a home here. And uh, yeah, I've been here since January 5th fifth or i think we got to throw down like the third or something like that and just going through the motions the grind of of florida so it's been good nice man this off season's a little bit different for you from what i've what, I'm, what i've heard a little bit what uh, what's going on yeah um dude honestly stress cadet and i'm not even the one doing everything shannon is she's taking care of everything really but on the back side for me just trying to support her and then also having issues on the racing side um just trying to get a program together. I, you're a team owner or a manager, you, a man of many roles as you are. Jackie uh, Mood. We bring up Jackie Mood way exactly. too much on this pod. Dude, get him a check, a really big check. <laughs> get him a real big check. But, yeah, just uh, trying to piece together a program that you can be competitive with. Um, and that's a, that's a lot, along with a lot of other life obstacles. It's just like, yeah, it's been really good to have a home down here because we used to stay in a camper. And... Just a little bit of space has, has been really good for us and, and all the stress and just trying to, 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 to 
stay grounded, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so we've stayed really grounded with everything we've had thrown at us. And, uh, and yeah, things have kind of come to fruition at a, a really good time, but a really short time before yeah. the first national, but it's been, it's been really good to, uh, to be down here. Yeah. So that, that came out, I guess just now, right. Uh, that you're, you're, you're switching teams up. You obviously aren't with factory Indian anymore. So what is, uh, what's this next, next chapter looking like? Yeah. So actually like for, for everybody, this is, we are what a week before Daytona. <laughs> yep. Week to go. So <laughs> my deal came out a week before Daytona. So we're, yeah, we're, we're pushing it for sure. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. We're, Shane and I are, are staying together, which we were together on Indian Motorcycle, um, and that was kind of a cool deal. We really were pushing, and dude, the off-season seems like it just ended, but it was so long ago. So we get done with the year last year. We're like, hey, we want to stick together. Let's build a team together. Um, it's not a secret that Shane is coming towards the end of her career, and she wants to move into a management role and, and, and take over a team, essentially, and run a team because she's really, really good at that. So our goal was like, let's stick together, let's race, and uh, and let's see how many more years Shea has. Ideally, I have a lot more. Um, but even from uh, like beginning of December till now, like that that plan and that idea changed so many times. So mm. we went from we're teamed up to hey, figure out however the hell you can race, let's race. And then now we fortunately Rick Ware approached us, and we actually approached Rick at the end of the last season. Um, Shana did and had the idea of us doing something like this, and he was a little bit weary. Uh, and about a month ago, we met up with him and and kind of said, "Hey, let's let's maybe you still want to give it a shot." And it, for some reason, it clicked and it made sense for him. It made sense for us. And yeah, fortunately, we've for the last month been just on a nonstop grind. Shana has, and I've been supporting it, and we've been building bikes and throwing everything together. But yeah, she'll be uh, on a KTM 450, and I'll be switching from an Indian to a KTM Duke 890, which uh, the Rocket Raspoli kind of introduced to the American Flat Truck Paddock for us. Um, yeah, and I, I heard you have a little experience riding around that bike. Uh, yeah, I wasn't riding. There, there was even, a race this year, wasn't there? There was a race that I, I, red one particular I didn't race. see the bike. It, like, I saw a blur go by, and I'm like, <laughs> I pulled off and asked the asked Dave's and I, I said, are those the other guys? He said, yeah, they are. Damn it. So I head back out. I said, all right. <laughs> I said, that guy's got to be doing like 220 mile an hour. <laughs> Dude, so funny. We literally were talking with Corey about it, and now, uh, we were talking about you, and I was like, man, he's like got to be one of my best friends right now, but I'm like, at fucking Red Mile, I was like, I thought this guy was going to shoot me. I he came pissed. off and he was like, hey, motherfucker. And I was like, what, me? And I was like, hey, dickhead. We're yeah. boys. We're boys, I swear. I was so bent. And not at you. I was just Dude. in this scenario. Like, And I love Dave Zanotti, Michelle DeSalva, but there were 450s at that race that were quicker than my twin. And obviously with the uh, restrictions and so on, like it was all new for us. That was the first mile. Um, they were good on the half miles, good on the TTs and stuff. But we got there and that thing, like I, I didn't know if it was if I was in top gear, third gear, fourth gear, <laughs> what I was in, and I'm like, I just, there's nothing here, and we're in the main event, and uh, I swear, I'm in a line with Vandercoy and Robinson, and they're slowly just doing this, and like, we're just coming off the corner, and Rispoli comes by us in a wobble, <laughs> and like, dude, he gets all three of us in one straightaway, and I'm like, do uh, guys, do we stay out here, do we pull in, it's just a blur, I'm like, oh man, so we pulled off, and I'm fuming, right? Because there's a red flag. There was a red flag. I think Bronson grenaded it, the XG, and I was, yeah, I pulled off, and I looked over at James. I think I flipped you off. Oh, like, 100%. James. I just give him the bird. <laughs> and, like, I was, I think I was joking at the time, but I was so bent. And then Wales trying to joke with me, and I'm battling for 26th, and yeah, it's tough. James is about to win the thing. And I'm like, <laughs> and nothing against James. I was just... 
Yeah, yeah he was the only one. I was, just vent, I was venting with him, but yeah. it was funny. It was a good time. That's cool. So you'll be on the KTM. Um, obviously a big change. Huge. Yeah. What? Uh, how much? How much support are you actually getting from KTM in this kind of deal? So it's not a lot. They uh, they gave me some motors. They gave us a little bit of budget on the back end, and yeah, just enough that I wanted to do it. And it wasn't. I mean, to be honest with you, even without it, I was doing it. Like, Indian motorcycle came to me with a little bit more than I thought that they were going to give me. Um, to be honest, they were like, hey, we got a little bit more than we thought. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm burnt. Like, I need to do something. I'm done. Like, I'm this close to heading out. I need to change something. And uh, even <laughs> I actually called Chris Fillmore, and I said, hey, dude, I'm going to ride a KTM next year. And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. And I'm like, no, 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 no <laughs> seriously. I'm, and so he hangs up, and he calls back. And he's like, wait, are you serious? Like, you're going to ride one? And I'm like, yeah, like, whether you help or not, I'm riding a KTM. I'll find a way. And uh, and he's like, let me call you back. And then he calls <laughs> back like a couple hours later and is like, hey, I got a little bit worked up. And like I said, it's not much, but it's enough to make it make it Makes more, sense. more interesting than what it was for sure with mm. the continu- contingencies and stuff. So, yeah, like I said, I was I was going another direction. And, and that's nothing towards Indian Motorcycle. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it has nothing to even do with the restrictions that we've been like a lot of people don't know this, but at the end of 2020, I was done. I'm like, guys, and then once again, Indian motorcycle, incredible to me, to my family. Um, probably the best four years I've had thus far in my my career. Uh, I just even in 2020, I'd one just wrapped up my second championship. We're working on contracts. I'm like, I'm ready for a change. Like I'm ready to do something different. Hmm. I'm just the type of guy that I mean, we were like we did really good in 20, 2020. And I was still like, you know what, Shay, I think I should maybe go a different route. And she was like, you sure? And I'm like, just the way we function, me and Dave's and Adi, and I was just ready. So I didn't have another option that made sense because Indian was really heavy on keeping me. And I didn't even go to the, to them and, and say, hey, I want to go somewhere else. It was more just like mentally at home. I'm going, hey, I want to maybe do something different. So, yeah, all this is coming to fruition, and it's really really last minute but it's it's dude it's so exciting to to think about not being on in an indian and like i said once again nothing against the the manufacturer nothing against their their brand i'm just excited i I think they're on their way out anyways like they know they are they're 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 prepping their exit strategy in in a way i think they're doing it in a good way not destroying the guys who have purchased their bikes and whatnot and still putting up contingency they don't have to they, no. they literally don't have Plus to, but they're doing they it. The plug and that's it. Yeah, and they just, you know, all these guys with all these bikes, they're never going to be able to get rid of them except for collections. But, like, go back. You were on the factory team three years, right? Four. Four. But what was the first year? I, 20, you were, 2019 through 22. So 19, 20, 21, 22. So four years. So I keep doing that. <laughs> but you I, keep missing contracts, dude. Dude, yeah. That's all right. So the, you got your own. That's why you're all thrown off. <laughs> just right and signing deals, dude. Just don't even pay attention. The, I mean, kind of living the factory life. You came from riding Kawasaki's. You got the opportunity with Dave Z, um, pretty much going from a van, yeah, you know, barely making mains to Dave Z giving you a shot to like being a factory guy and then like winning. I mean, you won before, but becoming like Jared's pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, tell us how like that was so quick and most people don't really get that kind of up. Like you literally went from still make in the semis to winning championships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when I first got with Dave Z, 
we we hopped on a Kawasaki, showed up to Daytona. Thing wasn't painted. I rode it for the first time in a parking lot before the TT. Like that was our official test, right? We didn't even go to a track. We just rode in the parking lot. And then the next day, I fast qualify, and I'm like, but everything just felt so good. So we go through 2017. I'm competitive. Like I actually was the first one to beat the Indian, an unrestricted Indian, heavy wheeled Indian, heavy flywheeled Indian. Um, first one to beat at Lima, which was really really cool. I then that was uh, a big race actually because you were the first one to stop. That's what I mean. I like, think Corey looked up. It was a Harley and an, an Indian. Like their train, their dominance. For, yeah, yeah there had been no other brand. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, huge. It was cool. So we go through the whole year, and I mean, I'm in it. And for some reason, I'm in it to the point where I'm like battling with Mies and. Maybe not quite me. He was on a different planet that year, but Smith and Baker and I think Johnny Lewis rode an Indian for a couple rounds and we got dicey and like really good year. So not probably on the average fan wouldn't be like, oh, Bowman's killing it. But for me, I'm like you said, I'm coming from winning semis, barely like getting into the main and then being Chasing that like G-bar. the G bar was huge. Right. And that was my year. 16 was the G bar, like, you know, 10 through 18th. <laughs> I'll be in there and I'll be fighting for it. But then all of a sudden I go from 10th through 18th to winning a couple races, a lot of podiums. And, and like I said, on paper, it doesn't look great. But to me, I'm like, dude, I got a shot. So we go into 2018 and that, that was when they released the Indian motorcycle to the public. And I'm still on the, I'm still on my Kawasaki, which chassis handling was phenomenal. Like so good. But my motor package was like not especially when, like, there was probably eight or nine different Indians that showed up, uh, Chad Coase, Carver. There was just a long list of guys hopping on the Indian, and I go through that. I probably did three-quarters of the year on the Kawasaki, and I had a couple podiums, but I also was just blowing these things up left and right, like rods through the cases, anything I could do. I was backshifting them intentionally just to get them to blow up because I didn't want to race it anymore. <laughs> and uh, keep that between us, yeah. But, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> backshifting them, but... No, I mean, just uh, so you're on this high in 17. I'm going, all right, I'm ready. And then I'm not really doing what I thought I was going to do. And Jerry Stinchfield, the roof systems at one point goes, hey, man, if you want to ride an Indian, I got two of these things ready to go. And uh, and when you say ready to go, it's just stock. But that's ready to go. Like, I could win. And uh, I told Dave, and Dave's like, hey, man, let's keep chipping away on the Kawasaki a little bit, and let's see where we end up. And finally got to the point, I'm like, Dave, either we go get these these Indians and we put our suspension on them or – I got to go home, man. Like, this is not making sense. We're blown up. We're not competitive right now. Um, I just need a change. And so we did that. And then, yeah, we basically did two or three races that were kind of spotty. Like, but when I say spotty, I'm going from blowing up every weekend to like fourth, fifth, sixth. And then all of a sudden, was it, was it, no, Springfield Mile. <laughs> I think it was Springfield Mile. I, uh, D Man's just taking a piss D-Man. back there. Yeah, he's just filming the same. <laughs> Yeah, Springfield Mile, like fast qualify, fast all day. Just add it, like, and it took me a minute. Like the Indian was great, but it took me a minute to kind of get familiar with it and get a setup because they were a lot different than the Kawasaki because you were chasing grip and you now you had it with the motorcycle. So there was just different stuff. So finally, just like five races, four races ago in the season eighteen, I go from breaking every weekend, ninth, tenth place again, to bang fast qualify, spring, qualify Springfield win my heat race, beat Brian Smith, win my semi, because that's back when we went heat race semi-main, and then uh, was in the mix in the main. And I'm like, all right, dude, we're back. Like, this is it. This bike is sick. I'm in it. So I think that it went Springfield-Williams Grove, which I'm pretty sure. It did. It did for sure. Went Springfield-Williams Grove. Go to Williams Grove, shorten program, 
pretty sure I fast qualify that one. And I'm like, okay, it was short and program because it rained that day. Sorry. Um, so short and program, I'm vibing. Bang, bust out the first one with the Indian. I'm like, okay. Like this is Were it. you this, riding the high line? I was up there and I, I got it there. It. I got it there. I love it. Like the top, the high line, this and I'm just going, Dave, <clears throat> and we're not used to it. I'm going, Dave, dude, this bike is so easy to ride. Let's start. We always chase a little bit more aggressive style setup than a lot of guys. I'm like, let's start giving our our deal a little bit. So we do that. We go the next week into a mile, which I'm not generally a great mile guy, or at least my motorcycles and my uh experience didn't really allow me to be a great mile guy. And dude, I just I start in the back because I fried my clutch in the semi. So I just barely squeaked her into the main. Fry the clutch, start the back, come through the pack. Which race? Uh, Minnesota Mile. Oh, this it's, is it. It's like 30 degrees out. Yeah. Pass everyone. I catch B. Smith, pass him. But you were up top. You said you never lifted, right? For like 17 laps, dude. The track was phenomenal. We do like 17 laps, and these things are just full stick. It's like 30 degrees out, so the bikes are just taking more and more fuel. I'm full stick for like 17 of 25 laps. Pass me, start to check out. He breaks. Everything's sick. We're going through the motions. Run out of gas. <laughs> like, and I'm the first person ever, like, on the Indian to run out of fuel. And granted, everyone else, they went to check their fuel, and they couldn't because there was every, it was just whatever was left in the lines was what got them home. So, but yeah, getting back to – so basically the rest – we had one more race. I was in it. So I'm going, all right, we're, we're dialed. Like, I'm ready for 20, 2019. So what was funny was Gary Gray calls me before, actually before the Minnesota, Minnesota Mile. He says, hey, you want to come by the office? We could have a little chat. I'm like, Shay, dude, they want me. <laughs> like, they want me. I know <laughs> it. Yeah. So I get there and I'm like, dude, what's up, Gary? <laughs> I'm fired up. Dude, and, uh, where's the chat? I said, dude, just sign the, like, where do I sign? I'm where's ready. Where's the dotted line? <laughs> but no, so it was funny. So I show up and then there's Bronson and Vandercoy. And I'm like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, wait, I'm here for... Hmm? I'm here for a meeting. Yeah, same. Oh, no. But they don't want me anymore. <laughs> but no, so I go in there and, and Gary, and granted, I, I totally understand why. Meese has just won two championships and won like 10 races each year. I go in there and he's like, hey, Briar, we want you next year. Here's what we want to pay you. So you're going to get second in the championship. You're going you're gonna to win two races. You'll probably have eight or nine podiums. And it, dude, you'll have a phenomenal year. And I'm like, I'm going to win two races. I'm going to have five or six podiums. Like the, he's like, that's what I have you kind of averaged out at. And, and granted, uh, Gary's a big, he's an engineer. So he's a big numbers guy. So, and I totally understand it. Like I said, I get it. Me is just absolutely dominated. I would totally un- think that that's what was coming the following year. So I'm just like, oh, Shay, he has no idea. <laughs> and then Dave got the opportunity to, to work with the factory. And Paul Langley from SNS was also really hungry because he was bringing the team into SNS. And I think, in a really long story I just gave you guys, that's where that quick pop came from because had those real good last few races on the bike and then had the opportunity to go into a factory where we had guys that were in, in-house that were hungry, which you can you can be factory and not have the best stuff. We know how that works. And uh, I happened to have the guys that were like, dude, let's freaking do this. And Dave wanted to do it, and the rest was kind of history. We just went from, I think I got third in the championship in 18, and... I think I had one win and a couple of podiums. And then the next year I had 18 podiums and five wins. So it was like big. I was like, Gary, I didn't get second, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was fun. And I think it was one of those things that you kind of keep it between the household, me and Shay. We, and we're not ones to talk like about what we're capable of, but we were like, 
I think we can do something really great with, with this opportunity. Let's do everything we can to capitalize. And, and I think we did. So that was kind of where that quick, quick step up came from. That's kind of been a thing uh, throughout your riding career though, right? Cause you didn't really start riding until a little bit later, right? You were like eight years old or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Bronson and I were a little bit later. We didn't, uh, <clears throat> we didn't really, our parents weren't into the motorcycle deal. So we had a neighbor down the road that, that had a bike and that's what got us going. I was like eight, he was six and yeah, we just kind of got a bike and started later than most. It wasn't one of the normal, uh, out of the womb, right onto a bike deal. It was played the baseball for a little while and granted I'm only eight, it's not real long, but a couple of years of baseball and then got into the riding thing. So, and then when you actually started racing flat track, like at a pro level, you also didn't spend much time in singles or anything like that. You went right into another kind of steep upward yeah yeah and i mean i and i don't know if that was the best decision i think that i might have jumped the gun a little bit because i had a good good program going for me on the singles and made it hard i mean i i think i I only raced you one time on a single knoxville and that was like a one-off thing too right yeah Yeah. so i did seven races in the singles and i'm like dude i'm ready for a twin (laughs) which was probably not the right decision by any means but i'm like give me a twin which a kid with from california with no throttle control whatsoever like let's just put him on a twin and I remember, perfect example, Hagerstown Half Mile, which is the slickest racetrack in the history of the world. I get an incredible start, get up in like fifth, which granted, I'm fourth row. So I come from like 29th to fifth. <laughs> I get in front of Brian Smith. And I come off turn two and just right to the throttle stop. And that thing just goes, step, turns around backwards in front of everyone. And I'm just <laughs> hanging on to her, just like, dude, I'm going to win, right? And we have a red flag and Brian's like, dude, you got to chill. And I'm like, what's the problem? Like, is that not all right? So... Uh, yeah I also and then with that with stepping up early it kind of probably hurt my value quite a bit because I didn't just go up to the twins class and do real well I had some peaks and valleys but a lot more valleys and peaks and people don't really care about that so it it kind of hurt the the overall value of of it hides the talent a little bit for sure you know and I mean everybody now knows you as Briar Bauman you know one of the most if not most naturally talented guys we've seen in a long time, kind of changing the sport, you know, how does that, like, changing the sport kind of deal? I think, personally, like, dirt track's tough, right? Because there's two corners, and it's pretty hard to go fast. Like, everyone's really, really fighting really for a little bit of time. But, you know, what I see for you is, like, your entry is so crucial. Maybe I'm giving up the big secret here, but, I mean... What's crazy is is that you've kind of changing the sport again on, you know, personally entries. And how does that – how were you able to kind of find that? Or has that just been so easy for you to, to find? Or did you actually – I mean, from the outside, I don't think people really think you're a thinker. You joke around a lot and this, that, and the other. But, you know, the boys know you're in it deep. Yeah. Um, how does that kind of – how did you get that and where did that come from? Honestly, a lot of it came from Dave Zanotti. I mean, he kind of gave me a really good package, and he kind of he kind of changed. And he, him and I, he's so advanced. Uh, he's a lot smarter than I am, basically. <laughs> but I'm also a thinker, especially on race day. Uh, and he's just, yeah, he kind of he kind of taught me to capitalize on my strong suits and survive my weak spots. So if you can stay equal on the spots that you're. So I always was, I always thought, all right, I'm really good at entering a corner. How do I make that consistent? And wherever I struggle, just trying, like, how do I stay close? And then how do I be better in my spots that I'm better? So that's kind of where I got that. And we joke about changing the sport a little bit. It was funny. When I first got on the Indian, everyone had these things, no, no swing arm angle. Front ends were real raked out. 
which I rode it a couple times like that. And then I going back to me wanting the bike to be more aggressive halfway through 2019, everyone's bikes had a bunch of swing arm angle. Their fronts were starting to suck in seats were starting to come up and all of a sudden they're starting to shrink and I'm going, Dave, you see that? And he's like, yeah, I see it, man. <laughs> and it's funny cause it's a difficult way to ride a motorcycle, but if you can do it correctly, it's, it's fast, it's good. So yeah. And then back just the, the corner entry, like I said, it's more just like Dave Z and, and I mean, I just, I chase a racetrack a lot throughout the day, which I don't, and it's not good because now we have the mission challenge and stuff and we have, you know, sometimes some qualifying awards, but I don't want to say I don't care about qualifying and I don't care about the semi, but I get paid to win main events. So halfway through a semi, if I'm not leading the thing, maybe I start to go like, all right, like halfway through this main event, I don't need to win right now. Like what if I, if I did need to win, what would I do? Like, where would I go and how would I look at it? So maybe I just take a third, which isn't good. I'm back row, but I don't care. Cause I'm going to find a way in the main event. I'll either, I'll get a good start. Or if I don't, I'll go around you on the outside. So if I do get put in that scenario, right here and now in my in my semi how can i think about ahead so that's kind of been my whole thing as of the last couple of years was like let's slow things down a little bit let's not be as concerned here at the beginning of the day how am i going to be the best at the at the 12th minute of of our main event so <clears throat> that's a a lot different thinking than before cuz i've crashed plenty of times in a semi on lap 1 thinking that i was going to win the main <laughs> event right then so i think with uh with age it's just kind of me picking up on things that that have helped me and and maybe save me a few crashes yeah what about um like so going back a little bit to your kind of younger years you also did some stuff like mountain biking is that you, you race like mountain bikes in high school or something like that yeah yeah i did i mean yeah a lot of cross-country mountain biking i was like a road a road cyclist i was no james or spoli <laughs> the power numbers weren't there but it was it was you get there it was a fine effort you know what i mean for a kid just in high school but i did some mountain biking i uh I did a lot of like off-road on motorcycles. Um, my brother and I spent our whole winter, you know, trail riding in California just because the opp- opportunity was there. And uh, dabbled a little bit on a few track days at Button Willow. Did so, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I did. Yeah. What'd yeah. you ride? A 600. Ooh. Yeah, a Honda. I don't know if that's good or bad, but yeah, I just Honda 600, that's dude. Sweet. Doug Chandler took me out a few times, and dude, I enjoyed it a lot. But it was uh, one of those deals. I I actually and. I guess you could say I was progressing, but they bumped me up a couple classes. Like, I don't know how it works at track days, but I started in a class that I wasn't allowed to pass anywhere, but straight away. <laughs> then the, the next session, they're like, hey, you got to go into a class where you're only allowed to pass on the outside through corners. And I don't know what that, like, I don't know if that's like the B group. The five yeah, feet yeah, rule. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then after my second track day, then all of a sudden I was allowed to go out in a session where you could just pass wherever. And I'm like, Okay, but then I finally eventually tucked a front, just absolutely rolled Ooh. a bike off. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that'll end your career quick. Well, then I'm like, Doug's like, hey man, so we need a new front wheel for that thing. We need some some body work. And I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> like this isn't. Yeah, just it's not a, just a handlebar. Yeah, it's just not just a slide out on a on a 450 at the local local dirt track where you need a new grip. So, yeah, unfortunately, didn't get to dabble too much in that, but. Yeah, I just spent a lot of time riding different stuff, basically. So does that, like, influence you as you got a little bit older in, in terms of, like, your riding now? That stuff, you know, mountain biking and just kind of growing up in California, being able to trail ride and all those kinds of different... I feel like most flat track kids that grow up are, like, flat track from, like, James, for example. Like, flat track from the minute he started. Like, that's eat, breathe, sleep, flat track, and that was it. Was that you as well? No. I mean, it was. I, I raced flat track. Like, that was what we raced, right? But... 
if there was an opportunity to go ride some moto during the week or if there was an off weekend of a flat track and there was a moto race or I never really did many off-road races, but Bronson did. Um, we just kind of rode whatever was in front of us. Flat track was always our main priority. But if there was an opportunity to go do something else, we did it. It was like, why not, you know? So I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that for myself, I always say I'd rather I'd like to be a good motorcycle rider before I'd be a good flat tracker because I think great motorcycle riders will find a way to be good at flat track. Um, and then so if you can just sharpen your skills on flat track while being a good motorcycle rider, you're going to have success. And that's kind of what I've tried to strive on. Um, I have a lot of fun down here with the guys riding moto because I'm like, all right, how can I be better here, better there? Not that maybe it would not that it's going to really make me any better on the flat track, but maybe a, a skill set I pick up moto and might be it, a TT somewhere. So rumor has it you're like you got the belt right now. Ah, oh, dude, like the title. You got the packs, dude, but you at what the packs cost? Belt. At what cost, dude? There's <laughs> these and, kids, are, and, dude. These, D-bomb just. dude. These kids are absolutely just chomping because I'm on the limit. Sometimes I'm like, hey guys, let's just go ahead and back her down. <laughs> Cody Cop is flying. Oh, Dallas yeah. Daniels is incredible. It's yeah, dude. There's a. I mean, and I'm starting once again. I, and I don't know if I. I don't think I have anything to do with that. But I like to see the fact that these kids that are. I hate saying kids, dude, because I don't feel that old, but they're kids. Um, I like to see that they're riding so well on different disciplines because, like you said, like, and Jared Meade goes really well, but I think he grew up just eat, sleep, breathe, flat track, and he's kind of forced himself to ride moto really well, which he does. But most of uh, most of flat track has always been that same, cut, like, cut of cloth, just like, hey, man. Like, yeah. I remember we just we survived TTs, survived TTs, and let's get to a clay half mile. Let's just do that deal, you know. It's I think the sports fully changed. It's changing for sure, and and I want it to be for the better. I want to see, uh, and I think just growth. It's helping too because you see Cody Kopoff doing things with with off road guys and and moto guys or Dana you know, Dirt stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and stuff that guys maybe 15, 20 years ago weren't capable of doing because they didn't ride that stuff. So it's good to see for sure. Do you think you could qualify for a for a pro main? Somebody somebody was on the podcast oh, this morning said somebody said that, you, said make that you can make a gate. He said you need that's a little a, bit of practice. That's that's a big task, dude. I mean, I think that me and Jake Johnson. So the whole moto thing, the the speed came from Jake Johnson because that guy is like the most naturally talented, probably maybe flat tracker ever. Like he's so good. That's so crazy coming from you, uh, dude. It's crazy. I mean, I like, think so too, but it's crazy because he like the stuff that guy can do. And and granted, it's only for a lap or two because he runs out of gas. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll tell him that. But dude, it's ridiculous. So I don't think I don't know. I would love to try. I t- I before I had this deal come together, I, me and Shannon, and my manager Scott, were talking about me trying to qualify for Loretta's first, just to see, just for fun, for shits and gigs, but. It was, uh, I, I don't know, man. That's gnarly. Those yeah. guys are incredible. Well, your team owner's got a Supercross team, so you might have a shot. If now. I could get like a, I got cone valve on my KTM right now, but <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's not valve for me right yeah, now. We talked so. about it filling in for Zvach, but like, uh, fortunately, it's not a KTM. I was looking for a call up. I just, yeah, exactly. It's not going to work out. <laughs> looking for, we can make it work, though. So. Daytona's not really Supercross, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like packs. It feels like facts. <laughs> What uh, what was what was the relationship with your with your parents as far as your racing goes? Like growing up, were they? We kind of talk about this the last few few podcasts, but were they kind of uh, set that this was going to be like your path? Like they like did you go to high school? Did you do like the normal school route, or were you homeschooled? No, I so I did do a couple of years. My last couple of years of high school was home. It was independent study, so so I had to go in and stuff, but. No, it wasn't like that at all. Like, my dad was aggressive. Um, and when I say aggressive, he just, uh, 
he's just a loud dude. Like it's not there was no aggression towards myself or Bronson. It was just uh, he's loud. So there was never like, hey, dude, you're gonna race and that's all you're gonna do. Like I said, he played baseball. He had no idea what flat track even was, and he got us once we got into it. And actually, it was uh, it was my mom that got us into it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so she got us into it and he just took it and ran with it and he like did what he had to do to, to get Bronson and I to the track and never was he ever aggressive about a heat race or a result or anything like that. It was always like, what can I do for you guys to, to be better? He never like the first thing that like everything that came first was school. Like, Hey, you got to get good grades if you want to race. So he had like that leverage. And after that, like if we weren't trying at the track, yeah, he was kind of bummed out, but there was never, I've never gone and, and tried my heart out and had him upset. He's always been like, dude, if you're enjoying it and you're uh, you're giving it everything you have, I don't care what happens. Like, I'll 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 change a thousand tires or I'll change a thousand gears to uh, to see you guys enjoy yourself on a motorcycle. So that was pretty fortunate for myself and and my mom was just just same thing. Just was there really. She was a racetrack mom. So um, yeah, <clears throat> just uh, fortunate to have like a good set of parents because I know there's a lot of guys that maybe had a dad that was really aggressive that made it not fun to like, they're like, they aren't even racing anymore. So I, I didn't have that once. Like my dad's still here right now. He's actually helping build the Rick Ware racing uh, flat track box truck right now, just because he's like, man, I just want to see you and Bronson have success and, and be um, successful in the sport. So I, uh, I'm very fortunate. Now your, your brother, you've, he, he was your teammate for a year. Um, Growing up with him, was it hard? Were you guys always? Did you guys have competitions with each other? Was it always who's the better brother? Or I know you guys have been really supportive of each other in the, the later years, but how was that growing up with having a brother that was, you know, really fast himself and you know, kind of always pushing you? Or yeah, I mean, it was honestly just beneficial. Like we fought like crazy up until probably fourteen or fifteen years old. Then you kind of get to the point where I was getting ready to go pro, and then that stuff kind of fizzles out and become, you know more bro you get closer or at least we did which is weird like we went through this standard brother deal where fist fights in the in the you know living room during the week and then or during the during the afternoon and then riding at night so i think it was beneficial because we we grew up in california like we talked about and we had these we lived in these farm fields where we had a track so he was really good i was really good for our area on the amateur stuff and yeah, I mean, he was just pushing me to, to be better. And I think that's one benefit we had was we got to ride together. And, and I tell a lot of people that for a while, I think Bronson, like he had better form than I did. And he was definitely a better off-road slash motocross guy for a little while. And uh, and I saw that. And it's kind of funny because like, I think I've maybe gotten a little bit better than he has, but I ride a lot and I, I put a lot into it. So I just... Uh, I've I heard just, like in the early days you were kind of, you were real lazy Oh, about was, riding and you were just a gamer i was just dude i would a lot of xbox like didn't i didn't really ri- care I, I mean so i did but like i wrote a lot as a kid and then like into like the 15 to like 17 18 year old deal like i just didn't ride much i didn't really do much i didn't know i was supposed to ride during the week and stuff and or not supposed to but i didn't know it'd be beneficial so i was good when i did but i just didn't i was just like i was and we just hang out instead, you know, <laughs> like, like we'll just go to the national, you know, you clean your steel shoes, the day, or the, your boots the day before and like, see how we do. And Oh, that's not what you do. I still do that. Do you? <laughs> My stuff. I actually <laughs> cleaned this helmet before we came here from Volusia last it's year. It's still dirty. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, so I just, uh, I wasn't super, I mean, I love riding, but I just didn't, 
didn't really do a whole lot of it. So. Would you say you're more naturally talented than than your brother, and that was part of it? Like he, he had to work for it a little bit harder, and you were able to just kind of come and go as you wanted. Honestly, I mean, I told a lot of people that when I was younger, but yeah, I think that his his style and his ability was probably higher than mine. His ceiling could have, and I'm I'm not. I don't want him to listen and think I'm knocking him. I'm not, but I just think that. Which it's weird. I was always really into like the gym stuff, which doesn't mean that you're going to have success, but I just feel like there came to a point where I maybe put a little, just a touch more into it or whatever the level was. I put more into like, how can I be better during the races? And what's funny is he's phenomenal work. Maybe not phenomenal because he's put some stuff together. that is absolutely grenaded, (laughs) (laughs) but he is way more capable of working on a motorcycle than I am. But when it comes to training, I got him covered by like a long shot. So I think at some point that kind of transitioned to being better for me and the results started to come. And granted, I had some really good opportunities that he didn't have, which kind of jump starts your career. It kind of, when you have opportunity and you make the most of it, then the next thing comes. Mm-hmm. And snowball. It's a, exactly downhill. And like he just missed, not missed out, but just, hey, we got one, we got one opportunity here. Briar, you're older, you're doing better. You get it. And he maybe didn't get it. And, with that comes the the opposite effect. Like you start to go downhill because now you're building your own four fifties or you're showing up to the track in the van and like times were tough back then. He's just building his own bikes and issue after issue and just stuff. But the big thing is the fact that <clears throat> me and Ryan Wells were actually just talking about the other day. Like there's only a select few that stuck it out through that stuff. Wells is one of them, you know, he went through some pretty hardship and now he's with Royal Enfield and Bronson was dude. He was, riding his own Kawasaki he built out of the back of the van when Gary Gray actually called me and when um Brad Baker got hurt he and I'm thinking dude he's gonna call me ride the bike he was hey you got Bronson's number I'm like yeah I do and he was like can you send it to me I'm like shoot okay yeah so going from riding his own Kawasaki to uh out of the back of the van to I the still fa- had the, the didn't he still have the Cowie leathers on so he did actually <laughs> his, he podiumed with me at uh Williams Grove, yeah, when I got yeah. my first one yeah. win, and the duct tape came off. <laughs> and after the race, and Shana like ripped him apart. She's like, "Why didn't you cut that out? Like it's just stitched on there. Cut it off." He's like, "I just thought the tape would hold. <laughs> it didn't hold." And Gary Gary's like, "Hey, hey, Bronson, you gotta like maybe get that off to come on it, Gary. <laughs> we got a podium though, you know." And he just holds the trophy around the Indian with a Kawasaki. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, that's gosh. flat track in a nutshell, that dude, pretty much, dude. That's a nutshell, dude. Unfortunately, but how, trying to change that. How pumped were you to finally like he got that shot?" you know, to be your teammate and you guys were teammates not to be your teammate, but dude, it was cool. Like, and, and then you guys had some, a pretty cool year, dude. Like, and that's one thing I think I maybe took for granted in the moment, but now I look at it and I'm like, dude, and not to be arrogant, but I'm like, we kind of killed it. Like he did really good. And I was like super proud of him because he got a lot of flack, uh, from fellow racers, from outside noise. Like why, you know, why didn't so-and-so get it? You know, what, what did Bronson do to actually deserve it? He's only getting it because he's Briar's brother. And then he goes out and he wins a race. Dude, we had like four or five one-twos. Like, I know the Hayden brothers had theirs, but like... It's cool. Like, four or five first and seconds is like kind of a big year. And I'm like I said... It's a huge year, In the moment, like I broke my hand that year and I'm not looking at anything but the championship. I'm not thinking like... He would podium. I'd look over and be like, oh, dude, sick. Good job. Back to the grind. Like, what do we need to do for the next one? And then you get out of it and you're like, wait a minute. Like, dude four podiums with your brother like there's a lot of brothers that fizzle out don't get the opportunity to keep racing and i'm teammates with him and we're po- we're going one two at certain rounds like he's doing really well like he 
kind of quiet, like really shut up a lot of the people that were like, hey, you don't, you know, you don't, maybe don't deserve the ride. He goes, gets third in the championship behind me and Mies, and he's like 70 points ahead of the dude in fourth. Like he had a great year. So very cool opportunity that Indian gave us, and, and it was cooler to see him capitalize on that. We uh we were talking about that before you came over, but it's uh I think you're probably the only person in the world that can say they're teammates with their brother and then their wife consecutively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean it's, that's a, in, it's that's nuts. In, that's like that's a crazy impressive. stat. It's pretty mind blowing actually. Like to think about that, the fact that Shay was on the Indian as well on um, a factory team, on a, fac- like, on a factory team, and nonetheless, for sure, I. It's wild. It's fortunate. Yeah, that's yeah. like all I can really say is I mean, and once again, now that you put it that way, I guess I didn't think about that. I thought yeah. about the Bronson thing, but. And, dude, Shayna has done so well in a male-dominated sport that, like, I just look at it like, yeah, you should probably get this opportunity for sure because you've done really well and you've you've definitely earned, at least earned it in my – and maybe I'm super biased because it's my wife, but I'm like, you earned it, dude. You've done things that men can't do in our sport. So, but now you put it that way, it's like, dude, it's pretty insane to think that – and now we're continuing the deal, you know? We're going to yeah. be Yeah, I think we again. looked at some stats. Like, up until 2021, she had you for most, more wins. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we looked at that. Or 2020. You guys are still pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. You, better, yeah. you better check off a few more. We need to at... knock a few out. Just yeah. trying like a little, little breathing room, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, she's back. Dude, she's back in the singles, yeah, I know. too. She's got freaking, a few more left pretty, under her, I think. She's feisty right now, too, I'll tell you. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you see a few more on her and get knocked out. <laughs> Dang. All right, I got her on podiums, though, at least, I think. I don't know. We'll check the stats. We didn't, we didn't we'll go that deep we'll into ch- it. Yeah, we'll check, this, we'll check the stats out. I want to, you talked about your hand and being, you had a broken wrist. I remember some of that, and I remember you always wearing the brace and stuff like that. People don't realize how serious it was, but it was more or less kind of bad, like to fight for a championship, arguably against the best guy and we've had in the series in a long time. Um, how was that? And, you know, we kind of were talking about it. It's kind of like the the Schwantz rainy deal like you guys were like pretty much just racing each other like yeah. either it was fourth and fifth like sixth or seventh or first and second like it was like you guys were stuck to the track like glue and it oh, was dude. really only you guys racing against each other there was everybody else and everybody's had a great you know doing their thing but kind of that thing was like you guys were head to head yeah no for sure and I know it was only a scaffold but like first year ever going for the championship uh Jake Johnson once again pushing me to the <laughs> the limits on the moto track with a lit pro just lap time <laughs> just, nationals dude like <laughs> i still have the photo of him loading my bike up and the bars are just absolutely <laughs> in the front did end. you go tb no did I? no i didn't on that one actually um there's this big jump at e-town and in, in pennsylvania or new jersey actually and uh it's like a single to a tabletop that's a ways out they watered the track before i went out and i think just and it's kind of like you're leaned over heading at it i think just stepped out at the face and i'm like all right either roll out of her and just absolutely probably arcade like over the bars step through or i just try and see what we got so she stepped out i stayed in it and just came up short so i'm thinking i i don't know but i think i broke it when i faced into the next tabletop but yeah nonetheless broke the scaffold what's funny is i uh what was it we had springfield that weekend and i fly out and was jake racing yeah 19 he was yeah. essenson yeah so I'm flying. He's on a different flight than I am. I sent him a photo on the plane. The thing is just, my wrist is just all swelled up and purple. And I'm like, what do you think, dude? He goes, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. So go through that weekend. And I'm like, the, the weird thing about the scaffold is like, it doesn't really hurt that bad. So I'm like, I'm still training. I'm still working out. And I do push-ups and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just like, shoot, that thing is like, it's not that bad. So I go through, we get to Springfield. Definitely couldn't have rode. 
Luckily, it rains out. I'm like, cool. Like, I need a little bit more time to let this thing just loosen up. It's a bad sprain. Go to Kentucky. Get through Kentucky. Crashed at Kentucky, actually. Hit a false neutral going into a, into a turn one on a mile. It's not good. So, crash at Kentucky. Everything's all good. I got second that day. Um, go back to the house. I'm like, Shay, dude, something's not right. Like, I should probably get this thing checked out. So, going back to the first, first championship, I'm like, going to the doctor's office and this is just a standard dude not a not a sports doctor not a especially not one that's in the in like in the know for the racing side so he's like hey man got a couple options i'm like what happened he goes it's broken you broke your scaphoid i'm like oh okay cool he's like uh we either you know we pin it we got like what did he say eight to ten weeks with the pin in that we or no we screw it eight to ten weeks in a cast just these crazy oh we cast it for like some ridiculous amount of time. He's like, you don't get it. The scaphoid doesn't heal. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I go, hey, can I just let it ride? Like, can I just leave it? He's like, no, absolutely not. Bone <laughs> dies. Like, I'm like, that's oh. gotta be scary. So then I'm like, nine, well, not 19. What hole was I? It was 2019. I'm 23 years old going for my first championship after not really being relevant. I'm like, dude, it's gone. It's over. Like, I had a great run. This thing's done. And then we kind of get out of there. Shane's like, oh, we're gonna need a second opinion. He's like, yeah, please do. So then I, I start just ripping, ripping calls to like race doctors, and they're like, "Dude, let's do it now. Get here tomorrow. You'll be ready for the next one." And I'm like, "Seriously? Like we're good?" And they're like, "Yeah, dude. Let's screw it. Like let's let's screw that thing. <laughs> we'll get you like wrapped up. You'll be fine." Flout to uh, Tuan in uh, California, and he does it, or Har- Doctor Harwood did it. But what's funny is they did it, and I kind of lost connection with them a little bit, and I got involved with uh, Doc Henry out of Texas, Colin Edwards' doctor. He's a legend, 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 dude. It's ridiculous. So. Dude, it got to the point where he sent him. I don't even remember. Like, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast. So I'm taking these shots in my belly just to get this thing to heal better. And uh, it was legal. I actually called AFT. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I'm taking HGH. Is it legal? Like, is it like <laughs> back to Liver King, dude? I'm just like, I was like, it was only ten grand a month, dude. I'm like, I honestly healed overnight. Dude, is that, that why fine. you had that jawline? Dude, it's where it came from. It's where it's, it's where it originated. Yeah, got that thing rolling. Ugh. Just same. But, yeah. So, but that was a thing. Like, I battling the best dude and like dude probably gonna go down as one of the greatest ever i mean he is and he's going after the dude who is the greatest ever and i'm like all right i just destroyed my only hope we go to laconia which is our next race after surgery like seven days and the thing is just it's a sand pit i'm like oh this is probably pretty good for it so did fine and what's funny is when when you start riding adrenaline takes over and and honestly riding the whole year was fine i didn't have really many issues i lost a little bit of mobility obviously because i and if you watch me on the bike, I bend and move and do everything they say not to do at American Super Camp just because I'm just awkward and lengthy and too tall for, for racing. But made it through the year, and like I said, no issues on the bike, but I'd get done, I'd get done and like I'd open it up, and there'd be more spots opening where the, where the incision was. I'm like, all right, that's probably not good. Call Doc Henry's, oh, dude, a little Neosporin, you'll be fine. Like, okay, cool, <laughs> let's do it. So, what, what, uh, what was your mindset like during that year? Because I remember – Remember, you were pretty like you're almost trying to pretend like it didn't exist. Like you were just like it was just me covering it up, like it wasn't even there. And it's funny, like now if I don't know, maybe I was just young. I'm just I was so like, if I pretend it didn't, if it like it didn't happen, like if, I, if no one else knows, it didn't happen, right? Like so, I just mentally was telling myself it didn't happen. Like Shay would wrap me up at the beginning of the day. I wouldn't like, dude, it was brutal sometimes because it. What was it? Lima was like 175 You wouldn't degrees. come out of your top. I wouldn't because like yeah. we'd have to wrap the thing so tight and like it was just a mission to get off. So I would just stay in my top the whole day. That's <sighs> where the jawline came from because I'm just sweating bullets. Like, <laughs> dude, I'd lose 12 He's pounds of race day. Dude, just, like, he, he had a, 
uh, Bell made him like four or five cheek pads per race because he was just cutting through <laughs> them. Yeah, dude, they were just like ridiculous. They were just a foam was coming out mid race. It was a custom helmet show for you. It was an issue every weekend. I'm like, guys, like, I'm just cutting into the side of the shell. It was a mission, but no, I uh, yeah, I was just like, dude, if it didn't happen, or if I pretend, or if I tell myself it didn't happen, it didn't happen. If no one else knows, it didn't happen. So Shay would wrap me up, and once again, I. What's funny is I feel like a little bit of a sissy because the following year, Mies go ahead, goes ahead and just one-ups me and destroys his leg. Like He had a huge gap, but still did it way gnarlier than what I did. So, yeah, just mindset was, hey, if it didn't, if I don't let anyone else know, it didn't happen. I'm fine. I get wrapped up. I don't feel it when I ride. So it didn't. Like, just do your thing. Just go through the motions. and Kind of talking about Mies a little bit. Um, you live with him for a little bit. You trained with him, and then you go and beat him. Um Talk about how that relationship, I don't know if it's strained or, you know, you guys are still talking and whatnot, but you're racing against the best guy. You can't really train with the best guy. Like, it's kind of tough. And how did you learn a lot from him? And do you, like, did you use that against him essentially? I mean, that's kind of how evolution works. And For it, sure. You know what I mean? And I think Mies himself wants to race against the best guy because that guy, you know, we we see him at Orlando, dude. He puts he puts twenty five tariffs on, and he goes behind you, and he wants Hops to get in. he wants to get eaten. He wants to see, and he's a big knowledge guy. Like he needs to know where what's going on and where he's at, and like what he needs to fix. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, back in like, dude, we're going back to twenty sixteen. So, yeah, he's like, hey man, come up come up to Michigan if you want to and hang out. And I mean, dude, honestly, like a lot of the, and some people would say I'm weak minded on certain on certain sides, and I'm good with that. Like because I feel like I'm strong-minded. So if you think that, that's fine. I know where I'm at. But one thing he did teach me was, like, the 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 grit part of things. Like, at least in a race, I'm probably a lot looser off the track, for sure. We see that. He's a big, like, down to himself. But if there, there's a dude that's not going to quit, it's going to be him. And he's gnarly about that. So I did learn that. I did learn, like, the discipline and, like, hey, dude, if you want to be a champion, you got to dig. And I do – I. I portray that I don't enjoy digging and I don't enjoy like the the trenches, but I actually really do, especially like on the cycles and stuff. I I do enjoy that stuff, and um, I'm not a Jason Anderson, but I maybe give that same uh, vibe a little bit because I don't just talk about it and do videos of me on the cycle where I'm just like dying, but I do enjoy it. And when it comes down to it, like lap 25 or minute 12, whatever we do, like I'm dude, I'm ready. Like if you want to go to blows, let's go to blows. So. He taught me that though. So, and I did use that, but I also did use a little bit more of the being free, being a little bit looser, kind of just applying what he, he, and I, I mean, I would, I think I would have picked it up, but I do need to give him a lot of credit because he, he showed me the ropes on the, on the discipline side and the grit because I was young and I didn't know that. And what about the training side of things? Did, did you, did he kind of, yeah, like, were you fit before? No, I wasn't. And I could always, and I didn't understand that side at all i mean dude he yeah he showed me a lot of that he showed me like how fit you and i'm not saying there's a certain fitness level i promise you right now he's probably more fit than than i am but i promise you that if we go race i know where i'm at and i'll be ready for him for 12 minutes yeah i, I know that but what i did learn is that you need to have some type of regimen like you need to teach your body things and i've learned that like through him and i've adjusted i've tried things i've tested things i worked with alden baker for a couple years i've talked to johnny omara the recent left last few years so i've learned my body but he did teach me a lot and uh and through all this championship rivalry and madness that kind of gets covered up a little bit because there's a lot of just like headbutting because we're the best we're two really good guys that are going what were you gonna say 
I don't know. We're real good dudes. <laughs> you can say you it. You can say it, man. I mean, we're the two dudes that haven't been going for the championship. <laughs> for the last five years. For the last five years. And it gets chippy, dude. And But I think the one thing is, uh, and I've, dude, I've tried to lose respect for him, and I can't. And I think it's it's similar. Like, as mad as I want to be at him, it's, it's, you know, fired up as he can get me. I, you can't lose respect for the dudes that you're racing against. At least that's my mentality. And I think that's similar from him. Um, so that's the biggest thing. He taught me a lot. We've been through some insane battles. What's funny is we don't have, for going against each other for five years, we don't have that many real intense battles. But we do have a few. Um, because it seems like whenever he's on, dude, I can't hang. Yeah. And when I'm on, dude, he can't hang. Yeah. So it's just one of those deals. So, And if, I don't know. Do you, do you notice if you guys get around each other on the track, things change? Oh, do, the, do things change. <laughs> do things change. Yeah. Okay. You can, I can see it. Dude, on the motor track, they change. Like, it's just, first, there's just, it just, it's, nature of athleticism like or you know competition it's just human nature you're just like hey i know that on saturday whether i'm a dude we can play play ping and i'm not a competitive dude he is an extremely competitive you just have to get up you have to level but it's just how it works like i get around him and we could be pulling who did you know who pulls a better espresso i do like it just, it, he's actually incredible at that i've heard so i'm not going to go down that route but <laughs> it's just it's just how it is dude yeah. you guys know how it is yeah. there's that one guy and i mean it's weird because it probably would be similar had I not lived with him and done the training thing and learned as much. It probably we'd still have this deal. Hundred percent. But because we did, it does make a good story. What about obviously you guys both rode for Indian as factory riders, but I think that's kind of like the interesting thing about how your setup was. Like he was a factory rider under his own deal, and you were like a true factory rider. What was that like? And obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of stories you could probably talk about more so now that you're not with Indian. But what were some of the, like what what was some of the crazy stuff that was kind of tough to deal with as you were as you were a rider for them uh yeah no i definitely can um one of the hard things so he was and more power to him dude he's a grinder on every aspect and the sponsorship side was it indian came to him back in 17 and said hey we need you to drop everyone and and you know come on board he said dude i make too much money to to drop everyone like i need this and uh they they said okay well we'll support you with everything that everyone else has you just keep your whole deal but with that, he he got the he got the free reins to do whatever he wanted with his with his motors, um, which I think Howerton and and those guys did as well. I think, but I don't know much about that deal. I just know what Jared had because I was staying with him at the time, and uh, I know what Jared had. I knew that he was doing things a little bit differently. Um, so there were times where I definitely get fired up because he's over on this side of the fence. I'm on this side of the fence. If he saw something that my bike had, it felt like he could probably get it because it was through SNS. And if I saw things that his and and once again, more power to him for for you know he made his bed and it's a f- pretty nice one sometimes. And I'd be like, man, I'd really love to have a set of Darcy heads he has on that thing that Tolbert has. And not that we could get them ever. And and dude, um, Kenny Tolbert's incredible. His mecha- his head mechanic, they do they're so good. That team is fire like always firing. And, uh, and that, that was the side that got a little bit irritated. I'm just like, man, I just feel like they got something that I don't, and I just don't know how to get, and I don't think I can get it. And that's the part where things get frustrating. Cause it seemed like in years, like 2018, when I hopped on that thing on the Indian, I'm just all by myself and all the bikes were a little bit closer. Kenny Tobert did a phenomenal job. All of a sudden they have a bike that's quite a bit better than everyone else's Indian. And we're searching, trying to find a way to get close and, Granted, 1920, my bike was incredible. But it was the 21-22 deal. Uh, Paul Langley was no longer at SNS. It seemed like things got a little bit, um, just a little bit different, basically. And 
that was the yeah so like your question it was just a little bit weird because i'm on my side whether it was shana with me bronson and langley left the same year so i may have been by myself but it was just like man it seems like he's got stuff that i maybe don't i would like to have it but i don't think i'm gonna be able to get it Mm. and then like i said and it's not he didn't really need anything i had i didn't really have a whole lot but it just felt like that and maybe that's inaccurate maybe it's really inaccurate but it's what it felt like it's kind of i mean everybody knows jared's got a mile package that hard i mean i rode the 890 that thing's a missile and i mean when i tried to pull out on jared on an indian restricted you know that thing kept pulling i was like hmm okay hold on you got a six gear in that bad boy or what (laughs) um so yeah more credit to him right they did their due diligence and they found the horsepower that everyone else lost now um paul langley dude's a savage like I think he goes with you know Total Wolf. I put them in the same category. One's F one, one's whatever, but the same mentality. Uh, I've had small dealings with Paul Langley, and he's very switched on. How was having him, you know, at the helm of SNS during your time, and was he pretty cool to work with, or could you see that killer instinct? And I mean, I've heard some stuff, but I know just speaking with Paul myself that he's he definitely is a killer himself. Dude, he's a killer. And that was that was the big thing was the president of the company was going, What do we need to be better right now? Like, oh, you're winning? Like why like why don't we win by more? And like that mentality was like when you, when everyone in the group has that mentality, success is kind of the only option. And that's what we ran into was and that now understand I'm still with S and S and everything's they're doing a great job on my KTM with with Michelle and Dave. But on the Indian side, we were so tapped out on that motorcycle that we really needed to start doing some R&D that we maybe weren't able to get to uh, after Paul left. And Paul has a lot of connections, too. So, But, dude, even, like, the killer instinct in Paul Langley. Oh, 2020, I think I'd won, like, five races, four races in a row. We're going for the fifth. He shows up with this handlebar switch with three, like, a re- it looked like, uh, it was just like a, a, handle- a map. It looked like a mapping switch. And uh, he goes, let's throw this on. I'm like, what's it do? <laughs> He goes, nothing. <laughs> I go, what do, you, what do you mean? He goes, let's have it light up when you pull up. That way they all think you have more than what you actually have. He goes, if they see that, they'll lose it. And I'm like, and I'm a, I'm a superstitious dude. And I'm like, nah, Paul. He's like, no, we're doing it. And I'm like, he goes, just think it. Just think you'll bury him. And I'm like, holy cow, dude. Like, you, you really want to mess with these guys, huh? And he's like, yeah, we need to do it. And I, I couldn't. I just, I'm like, we'll put it on. I'll be winning. And I think like my bike will break. And the thing ran on batteries. It was literally a joke. And he just was ready to like, how do we, how do we make these guys? So you under- didn't use it? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I backed man. out, dude. I, I, that year, I'm just, I'm not a head games guy. Like I just do my work and go home. And uh, he was trying to, he was trying to play head games. He was playing head games with me. With us. Said, no, 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 no. <laughs> he wasn't ready. That was me. I'm like, don't do it, Paul. Get it off. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. but no, he was he's a great dude. He's a he's a good guy, and yeah, once again, he had that killer instinct. Oh, you need a different head. We don't have the budget. Well, let let's find it somewhere. Like, I'll sell something else, and we'll just make we'll pull through. Like, let's get you what you need to do to win this championship. So, a lot of respect for Paul. What about Indian? Like, what was their perspective on those years where you and you and uh, Jared were battling so hard? Like, obviously, as a brand. They love the competition because you guys are both at the front and so they're bikes. But was there any kind of like hierarchy? And and uh, like your first meeting, you talked about like you went in as kind of the guy that's supposed to be second. Did you break through that to where they were like, you know, all, all odds are kind of off? Like, do what you want kind of deal? Or was there still a little bit of a sense of like Jared was the top dog? 
No, there wasn't. There wasn't really at all. Um, Gary Gray did a really good job of that, of, of not giving me any indication on who they felt like was their guy. Um, Gary actually even, at times, like it's no secret, we were struggling this la- this past season for horsepower. Like the, the restrictions really hurt us, and he was like, hey, let's find a way to, to get some power. Like We don't have, oh, we're maxed out on budget. A little bit of the Langley side. Um, he said, let's just try and get Briar back in this thing a little bit. And uh, a lot of respect for that. But on that side... It got tough too because we got to a position um, where it almost felt like, and and once again, Indian motorcycle best production motorcycle or best purpose built motorcycle ever. It got to a point where I almost felt they knew they were gonna win. You know what I mean? So, and I he gave me he gave me a lot of credit for for giving giving him as many wins and championships as I have, and and we're still great friends, but because they were so successful and the bike was so good and they have two of the the top guys, you almost get the vibe sometimes like, all right, dude, if you don't win, well, guess who's going to win? The dude across the, the dude across the pit. like Or the five privateers. The five, or Brandon Robinson's going to win, or Davis Fisher or Jared Vandercoy. So like, and that, that, and that was never said, but it was like the vibe and it got, it got a little touchy. Uh, I'll be honest and open, like, end of last year when me and me's got a little bit sporty it got to a little bit where it was like hey like if you don't win as long as jared wins we're good and then like that gets difficult because and i get it from a brand standpoint but for me as a racer like jared's my main like i don't see what brand he's on i see jared Mees, and i need to beat jared Mees. so it got a little bit touchy because it kind of it kind of felt like hey as long as our our brand wins, which I totally get. But as a competitor, you guys get it. Yeah. As a competitor, it's like, no, I don't give. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I need to win. I don't care what that dude's on. I know it's your brand, but I need to beat him. So that got a little bit weird. And it was never said. It was never. That was just a little bit of what I felt. So that got a little, a little different for me, and kind of made me feel like it made me really excited to try something different. Yeah, do I you, can see how it'd be tough. Do you think that like, you know, you're kind of going on tempers started to flare a bit. I mean, the sport was changing in itself. You got restrictions, you got Yamaha's and KTM's that are missiles and stuff's going crazy, right? Um, you know, we got that I don't know where it was. What's the race? You and me's um yeah. Cedar Lake. The Cedar Lake. Okay. Man. Let's go to Cedar Lake real quick. I mean, it's kind of middle of the season, right? towards no two rounds ago two rounds ago so it's late it's it's crunch tempers time. tempers are flaring championships coming close to being out of the reach you're still in it but like you got to do some it's, damage yeah stuff has to happen you know um the thing is, is you guys are both factory indians i think from the outside it looks like you're equal just because you're factory indian yeah and that's how they play it up but for you're sure. two separate teams for sure couldn't be further um it just so happened that you and Mies get into it. You make a pass on Mies. He touches handlebar. He goes down. You know, what? how did that... I mean, I feel like tempers are flaring and stuff like that. I guess the question is, is do you think the pass was, was too much? I mean... You guys are racing for a championship. I mean, that's a tough I, question to ask the I guy who made the pass. For sure, for sure. No, <laughs> I, I mean, get it. I mean, okay, I mean, I'll say it. I don't think it was that bad. I, I mean, dude, I mean, I, I think the one thing is, if you like look back, yeah, I've been aggressive, but like, I don't know how many guys I've taken down in my career. And dude, at the end of the day, I, I get once again, I get paid to win a championship. Whether I don't care who's ahead of me, and we're getting down to crunch time. All I know, I was. I was checked out on a race. 
we got a production guy that crashes and we get a red flag, I'm fired up. I spin it up off turn two and I'm like, dude, I'm going back by. Like I was checking out, I'm going back by. I don't think it was too much. Well, dude, and I'll be honest, like I was bummed. I'm not here to put anyone in any type of harm. Like that's not my MO. I'm not here to take him down. I would have loved to just go up the inside of him, him take second and me still lose the championship and we go on with our way. That is what it is. Uh, would I do the pass again? Absolutely. Like I would have done it to Shayna. Like it just, our, like, dude, our mentality is win. Like what? And I joke and I mess around, but when we get the helmet goes down, especially in the main event, like we talked, made semi, that's not happening. Heat race practice, whatever. I'm not doing that. Mission dash. I'm not doing that main event. I get paid to win a national and I'm also in crunch time. It's funny. AFT was pushing bar banging short track. Well, guess what I did? I, I was, I was, and yeah, granted, like I said, I, he went down, um, not my, not my style. Like, I don't like that. I was, I was disappointed in the outcome of him going down, but I would do it again. It's crazy as you can kind of see instantly. I mean, the typical Briar Bauman that I known, I mean, maybe it was just kind of, you were at your arm's length, you were kind of over it. Then the typical Briar would be livid, you know, probably yelling at somebody doing something. I didn't quite see that. I kind of see the guy just roll around and like, whatever you know kind yeah. of deal like afterward like after you, i well just like you went to the back and oh, you didn't really yeah, you know you're deflated yeah kind of feel like yeah. it, to me it felt like maybe people were i don't think anyone's ganging up on you by any means but i it felt you could see that were you a bit like over it i was fr- i was done dude i can't yeah i was real done i mean the the weird part was and a lot of people don't know this like so I didn't pull down into like right directly into the mix in the hot box because guess what's gonna happen? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get chewed out by either Kenny Tolbert or Bubba Bentley, um, Jared's other mechanic, or someone's gonna rip like rip my ass. And I'm like, I don't want to go down there. I'm still here to win. Like, yeah, he went down. I'm gonna go back to the front. JD second. I'm gonna win this thing, and we're still in it. Bang. Nobody says a word to me. I roll up to the line. JD's on pole, and I'm like, wait a minute. Something ain't right. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, so I pull up there and Bob was like, no, 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 the back. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what what happened? And uh, and I'm going, so we were sitting on turn in turn four. There's four AFT officials conversating between themselves with me, with the whole team. Not one of those guys could roll over and say, hey, for that move, you have to go to the back. I'm like, at what point? Do one of them say, like, hey, we should maybe mention to Briar when he rolls back over there, he doesn't go to the front anymore. So I roll around, they send me to the back, and, and as they go. Well, no, no, no. I rolled back around the racetrack. I go over to find out I need to talk to someone. So, like, I don't need, in my mind, I, I don't need to go justify myself to the, the officials on my move. Like, oh, yeah, I went in too hard. Like, no, I don't need to justify. We're out here racing, and something happened, and as far as I'm concerned, they're not coming talking to me because they're okay. Like we're just moving forward. So I roll around and yeah, they're, it was almost like all the officials ran away. Like <laughs> Kevin Crowther, Dave McGrath, B Smith, all of them were just gone. I'm like, where's everyone at? And I go back around and I'm just like, I felt bad for Shay. Cause she's like, I was going to get out of the way. She tried to get out of the way for me. And then, yeah, maybe <clears throat> once again, like people think I'm mentally weak, but there's a lot of back there's a lot of backdoor stuff that people don't don't see what we go through with some of the stuff and I'm just like dude, I'm done. I came in and yeah, like and once again, this just kind of goes back to how much Dave Z and Michelle mean to me. Like 
you would think uh, you would think that they'd be livid that I just pulled off in a championship. Like, in a uh, granted championship was getting further and further and further away, right? Like, I, me, Jared had beat me the last couple of races, but it was still totally doable. And Dave Z's like, man, they don't deserve you out there. Like, they this series doesn't deserve you. They don't deserve what you do on the racetrack, your passes you make, the way you ride, the fact they didn't even come and talk. Like, just support. So I'm like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I... I was deflated. Like deflated is an understatement. I was just, man, what what do I um, like? What do we do? And once again, just a simple conversation. Hey, dude. And I would at least give me the opportunity to plead my case. Not that I had a case to plead. Like I know what I did. I would do it again. You guys claim you want us to race aggressively and and give. And I'm not once again not trying to take anyone down. I'm just trying to do my yeah. job for Indian Motorcycle and uh, super sticky scenario. It yeah, was just real real weird scenario. It was, dude. I. And I went to the truck, and dude, I've I went to the AFT truck after, and I after forty minutes when they finally made it back to the truck, and I just lost it. I'm like, come on, guys, like we're trying to put on a show for you, and not that part of things, but just show the, like have a little bit of respect towards your racers, like the top guys. Is, I mean, have equal respect for everyone, but like, yeah, like make the we, call, make the call. Yeah, we talk on a personal, like we talk regularly. Like, why not come over and just say, hey, you're. Yeah, you're out. This so, is what the this is the violation. Yeah, yeah, job don't, done. Don't hide. And that's the end of the day. I mean, like if violations, violation, whatever it is. And yep. it, I mean, yeah, no, if it happens, sure. it happens. Is racing. So I, you know, yeah. Do you yep. think? Do you think flat track has gotten to be? I mean, I think every series right now, like you watch F1, and there's like a ton of stupid penalties, and that yep. MotoGP is starting to get really bad with it. I think World Superbike, a little bit seems to be a little bit aggressive. But do you think flat track's gone a little bit? too much that way like is it too friendly because obviously like like it's been a topic on some other podcasts and supercross like feld will penalize these guys for cleaning each other out and then they'll blast it across the big screen exactly social media exactly weeks and weeks and weeks after what's your i dude i i feel like we definitely have we're definitely getting into a scenario where once like (laughs) i i I just talk because there's a lot of bad injuries too so it's kind of like you don't want to see both sides you don't want to see anyone get hurt but you also we get paid to do this, you know, and there's daylight. You're supposed to take it. And the thing is, is I'm not, reason. and I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that on a mile. Yeah. Never, never. Yeah. I, I like, I know my capabilities. I know, I know Jared Mies's capabilities. I know like I weigh out scenarios, even though it's in real time, like we're, you know, I think that they, some of the decisions being made, um, how do I word this, man? I, I think that they're definitely getting a little bit soft on, on certain things. And once again, you're talking about the injuries. We don't want any of that, but at least give us some consistency uh, as well. So like on top of it being, I, I guess I don't even care about the softness. Now that I think about it, just give us some consistency. Like I've seen a move like that done before and there not be any repercussions. And then all of a sudden I, I get that and I get sent to the back on in a championship scenario. So I, I do, I mean, dude, I even, <laughs> I ran into J.D. Beach before, the, the main before, and uh, it was just one of the deals, like, the racetrack only presented, or the only passes you were presented on that racetrack were aggressive ones. Like, there was no, like, unless someone messed up, which yeah. we're dealing with the top dudes, dude. Like, J.D. Beach doesn't, <clears throat> oh, J.D. Beach <laughs> doesn't normally hear that voice crack, 27. <laughs> J.D. Beach doesn't normally mess up, and Jared Meads doesn't mess up, like, so you kind of have to force like you gotta you gotta either like you follow them around and there's no passes or you go and try to win the race yep exactly so it's just my my i mean 
Do you think Jared would make that pass on you? 100%. Dude, same thing I said. He would make it on Nicole. Yep. So it's just... Did you guys have any conversation after that about it? He was cool, which granted, he watched me nothing. And he was super cool. He said, hey, dude, is what it is. I was bummed because I'll be honest with you. Things have been super chippy for the last couple of years. And it seemed like him and I had kind of gotten over a little bit of a hump. And not that we went backwards by any means, but I could tell that his guys like were bummed and... Uh, which I, I mean, it is what it is. I'm there to win races, but it is to a certain, I just didn't want, I don't want to lose that respect. And yeah. I want, like, he needs to know I'll do it again but without intention of him going down. Like we both, we ride, we race yeah. aggressive, yeah, dude. Of course. It's, it's championship. I think the hardest thing as well is you guys are on the best bikes and you're like, you on your Tangley factory team, like your teammates, yep. but it's like, you're not teammates. Exactly. No, like, for sure. So yeah, that's it. You know, I'm going like, if you were racing somebody else, not on a, Indian or a different team, it probably wouldn't be perceived as gnarly. It was awesome too because like that all goes down. I'm just like going to lose my mind with AFT, and then I pull like walk into my pit. I'm just I sit down. I'm just staring at like Kenny Tolbert, Bubba Van. It's like I'm 12 feet away. Like how was that? <laughs> Good race. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. it just uh, yeah. It was just dude. What a what a bad scenario. But yeah. once again, I get back. My big thing is, hey, how do we how do we make the racetracks better? Like to where, dude, I'll roll someone on the outside. We know that. If you like, can, if yeah. I have the opportunity, I'll freaking go for it. Like I tried it at Texas, and you didn't ride Texas this year, but dude, there was no passing on the outside, and I tried it. Like I'll do it, but let's figure out a way to get the racetracks to be a little bit more sporty. Like let's, I don't know, let's do something. Yeah. Just give us. Seems to be the hard hard part for flat track. We talked about with Johnny, but it's just the consistency factor of like the track prep and yeah. weather. I mean, you can't control weather. It's not like road racing where we can, where we can ride anytime. Um, it's got to be really tough to, as a promoter to figure out how to work around all that. So it's, it is tough. Um, it's not your first run in with dealing with, with, uh, you know, penalties and stuff like that. So your first win in 2011, you actually got DQ. Oh for yeah, gas. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for <laughs> that. Where did this one go? You guys did some digging, dude. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. So what, what happened with that? Cause I didn't know that either. I was like, dude. I was going through the archives. <laughs> dude, that's pretty good. I wasn't, that one got me <laughs> So my dad is a bit of a, he's a scientist, right? Like uh, he's, a, he's a big chemical guy. <laughs> Just very, kidding. He's a carpenter. Yeah. So what's funny is that was 2011. I'm 16 years old. We go back and Sean Russell lets us stay in Illinois, centrally located. We're like, Hey, we're going back here to the, to the Midwest East coast. Let's take every bike we got. Let's take every can of fuel we got. Let's go race and uh, do non-national events. And we did do, we raced like three or four times a week. It seemed like during the, the middle of the summer, which was awesome. So midday at Peoria TT, um, my mechanic at the time, Ronnie Brown says, Hey man, go grab another can of fuel out of the trailer. So my dad just, they're all blue, right? They're blue, five-gallon cans. Why not just grab one of them? So he grabbed one, which I would have probably made the same mistake. Uh, comes back and I'm get well, they must not have checked fuel. or I don't know when the fuel went in, but yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> it went in. <laughs> it went in the motorcycle. And uh, what's funny is, of course, later on, like people are like, dude, I heard, I smelled someone open up a can of fuel. And I could smell it. I knew something was wrong. But so what was funny was I, uh. I you know what fuel it was? U4.5. Oh, I think it was before. You were never getting away. No. They were, dude, dude, your eyes, your eyes were burning it, behind it's you. It so bad it fried everyone else's test. Like everyone else got popped, but I was just the only one that had it in. But yeah, so what was worse was... It was a spec fuel back then even? Yeah, Is that well, what it was? Yeah. Sonoco, wasn't it? Something like that? I want to say Probably. like 112. Yeah. It was Sonoco, 112, yeah. something like that. And uh, what was better was... So 
Ronnie Brown calls me over to tech, and it's Dale Jones. He's like, hey, man, can you go? Ronnie's fighting it to the death. He's like, dude, nothing's wrong. And Ronnie didn't put the fuel in. So <laughs> he's fighting. He's like, dude, something's wrong with your test. It's clear. Test it again. Like, figure it out. So uh, Test it again. He's like, go get the can of fuel. We'll test the, we'll test the can of fuel. <laughs> so I run over. I grab the can. I look at the side of it. And I'm like, <laughs> I come walking back. I'm like, "Hey, Ronnie," and I, like, you know, how you rotate your hand with the, the the handle, and it just shows the side. He goes, "Don't test the fuel. Just let's go." And we just walk back to the pit, dude. Disqualified. I'm oh, like, "No man. way!" And my dad felt this big, man. He was so bummed and hundred, like honestly, hundred percent unintentional. Just one of yeah. those scenarios that, dude, it was. I was bummed. That was my first, <laughs> and I had issues that day with the bike, so I had to go to a an LCQ. Make it in the main. I was third row. Came from third row. One was like, uh, awesome story, right? And then, and then a few of the guys in the class were, like, dude, I knew your bike was running pretty good. I'm like, golly, guys, cut me some slack. Right. But no, it was that was funny. Now it's funny. The yeah, moment. now it was it's funny. Big yeah. bummer at the time. What What would you compare the the decisions being made then versus now? I mean, I think you know, like I watched flat track from basically watching James. Like 2012 was when I was young road racing, and he was road racing with me we were teammates but we were kind of hanging around the paddock and it was much different than it is now what kind of throughout that time period from from when you were 16 to this period like is it all bad obviously there's been some big changes you were able to make a living which i don't think you would have been able to do back then what no. what do you see as the sport has, how has it evolved it's changed a lot like we talk about it me and shana often especially during the stressful times we're like dude this is so different now in a better way, right? Because you're going, all right, I'm stressing because I'm trying to put together this team with someone that's willing to pay for it. Back then, it, you were just kind of happy-go-lucky chasing that G-bar we joked about. You're just sneaker in the main event. You make a 1000 bucks from, like, I think 11th place paid, like, 1100 bucks, Or no, 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 1800 bucks and 18th place paid 1100 bucks. <laughs> so you're like... Whatever. Whatever. Like, if I get 11th or 18th, I'm... Pretty Oops. dialed for a little yeah. while, like a thousand bucks with no, like hardly any bills for me at least <laughs> at the time because I'm 16 or whatever. But you fill the tank up a few times. Yeah, you get to the next round. That's all you care about. Um, as far as the thing is, is I think we mature though. We go through the phases where you are going through that that spot in life where you're going, okay, I make a thousand bucks, I go to the next round. Sick, I'm rich. I'm basically <laughs> killing it. Yeah. So then you all of a sudden you buy a truck and you now have a bill and. You get to a position where, fortunately, we get like, we're fortunate to get to the point of having the stress because at one time it's exactly what you wanted. So that's the biggest thing is uh, on our behalf, the series behalf. We went through a real big phase of like that 2012 to 16. It was kind of no man's land. Like that thousand bucks, there wasn't that much difference from that to the top three or four guys. It seemed like like yeah, it was a huge gap to try and bridge, like to get to. But how much were you really going to be making or what was the opportunity up there? Because we're kind of just bouncing around motorcycles, riding different stuff. And then along came Indian in 17. And that kind of opened the, the door to a lot of contingencies, a lot of possibility of sponsorships. And just Did Indian come before the XG? Uh, no, XG came in 16. I so, remember, so some money came in before some XG so money came it was, in? It was real light. So Davis okay. Fisher rode the, the XG. I was fighting for that hard. I actually thought I had it too, which is funny. Um, I thought I had that opportunity in 2016 and then I almost got it in 17, but 15 going to 16, I thought that I was going to get to ride the XG. Um, and that kind of fell through It never got real serious, but I thought there was a possibility cause I had a, I actually had a pretty good year in 15. Um, but so there was a little bit of money. Davis got a paid ride on top of Brad and, you know, but other than those two, there weren't that many like me. He's kind of earned his living on his own, which he did really well. And there's a couple others, but 
17 to 22, 20, more like 17 to 20, a little bit of 21. It was really on the way up, right? And then recently it's been kind of plateaued and we have a little, you know, we have some spikes right now that we're trying to work out. But um, Indian not being at the level they are is definitely a bummer. But kudos to them for continuing, like guys like Brandon and Jared and all those guys that can make some money on the contingencies and just the opportunity to ride a bike that is competitive is a big deal. So it's uh, – Peaks and valleys, but I still think we're in a good spot, and, and ideally we. What can about keep like growing. the the rules, decisions, and things like that? I'm not, they've evolved a lot since then. I know that's a that's a can of worms, but uh, it is for sure. We want we definitely want to hear your take on it because you kind of got affected probably the most by it in the it, last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it was weird because I never even. What's funny is I was so out of the loop in 16 and 15 and stuff. I didn't even realize they they did have restrictors in the uh, in the Harley Davidson the XR. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that. I'm just riding like that's how out of the loop I was. And then I don't remember. Well, maybe it wasn't 16. Maybe it was like 13, 14. They had restrictors and they eventually pulled them. I don't even know that. I'm like they're restricted. Like what do you mean? So, um, so then we went through that and we get to so Jared like Kenny Tolbert once again like building incredible XRs, but still weren't enough to keep up with Brian's Cowie. And uh, along came the Indian. And that thing, like I said, was phenomenal up until uh, it's still phenomenal. But it obviously was too good for a little while, and they had to uh, balance performance, I guess they would call it. Um, tough. Like, dude, throwing a restrictor plate in that thing. Do you think they would still be paying what they would pay if they didn't do anything? Like, do you think they would just fizzle out it by themselves? Like, do you think Indian was on its way out, whether they say they didn't do a single thing and they just kept pounding? Ten turned into a spec class, essentially, but do you think they would still have a factory team in pay, or do you think they were on their way out? I mean, this is all... I mean, speculation. I don't no, know no, no, no. No, I mean, and this is all being said after the restrictions and stuff were, were in place, but, I mean, I did have conversations where they're telling me, like, dude, we want to stay. We want to give you the same thing you have now. We just... We can't, we yeah. can't race a motorcycle that we have no control over anymore we it doesn't it doesn't and it doesn't entice us we want to we want to be able to and it's not like you do that much the indian like (laughs) i played with i played with rev limiter on the race day which usually i didn't i just left it a couple clicks here and there um so they uh and like i said i think it's it's very rare in any sport in any manu like motorsports that you have a bike i mean there's you know like that motorcycle that changes the sport. I mean, in MotoGP and whatever. And I mean, very few times. I mean, the XR lasted a gazillion years. Yeah. You know, no, how, how sure. much of it do you think is influenced uh, by, by the bagger thing? A lot. Yeah. So that was the, that was the tough part was along with these restrictions coming, there's a series that's, you know, doing really well with a motorcycle that looks like really similar to a motorcycle that's on the street. And, uh, yeah, that, I mean, dude, a lot. So a lot of conversations where it's like, Hey, you want to get on a bagger? <laughs> I had a few of them. Oh, I had, a, I, I had an opportunity to test one and I backed out and got a little nervous, but I should have done it. Right. I mean, but no, I, it did have a lot to do with that because not only is, uh, are we getting kind of over the hill getting pushed around over here? We got a spot over here where it's like really welcoming. So like, man, why don't we head over to this side where it's like everything's beneficial, numbers are really good. Um, we, you know, we're winning. It, they're letting us do kind of what we want to do. As far as, and this is, it's all speculation for me on the bagger side because I don't know what the rules are or anything like that, but a very welcoming uh, opportunity over there for them. So kind of the, the the perfect storm came about for, for them to kind of, 
you know. Yeah. Would you try it? Like the bagger? bagger? Oh, like, for, I would try it. I. It was weird. I got offered in the middle of the season. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you're focused. Yeah, and I'm not, dude. I'm not afraid to get Cindy either. Like, I know exactly. Know. So like, what if I just high? Like, rumor has it a bagger hasn't been high sided yet. But what happens if BB three does? <laughs> oh so no, Wyman, Wyman, Wyman did it. Wyman did a Once. big one last yeah. year. Was it in the rain? No. no. Isn't the drive? Oh, yeah. Brainerd, okay. Brainerd Evil. Cool. Big, big we one. didn't think, like, up until that point, we're like, nah. You can't ice out of We're like, dude, the line. <laughs> They're too heavy. You can walk a mile past it and you just override the thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you yeah. can high side these things. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone <laughs> starts no. looking around like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So I just was like, man, what if I just crash? Like, and then on top of it, you know, a lot of money there. I'm like, what if I just crash, like, this thing, just ride it off and. Yeah, so I just didn't do it, but I would try one. Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, I'm like we talked about earlier, I'm a motorcycle rider first and a flat track That's racer cool. second, so I would give it a go if yeah. opportunity presented itself. Um, just kind of a little bit back on the on the take on the rules thing and stuff like that with AFT. What what do you think that they need to change? I know you said consistency as far as the calls, like race direction wise, but what about from the series level? Do you think that there's some some glaring things? Uh, in your opinion, I know I know there's been a lot of like just watching from an outsider's perspective because I'm not in the paddock and whatnot. There's been a lot of I don't want to say gossip, but things going around and a lot of opinions as always. Um, what what's kind of yours from somebody that's at the top of the sport? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not super educated in that area, so I try and like I like I wouldn't ask Gene Crouch how I should ride my motorcycle. Um, I just know that my job is to win, so like I have to do that to the best of my ability. And my, my response to them is a lot of times when we have issues and scenarios that, you know, aren't good for our image, I say, dude, like, I work seven days a week to be the best I can for your series. And I'm not saying that he's not, and Gene and I are good friends, but I'm just saying, like, let's just all make sure we give 100% all the time. And that's no diss to anyone. Um, so for me to dig into the the scenarios that they have in front of them, I, I just, I can't say, I don't feel comfortable uh the thing I continue to preach on my end, um, I don't like digging into the rules. I feel like not once did I mention about the restrictor plate. I just, you know, did my thing. I went to Kentucky. Yeah, I made like one video of my bike getting smoked, but <laughs> to be fair. It went viral, got it, 12 million hits. Yeah, like it had Ricky Bobby in it. But to be fair, that was, an out. you know, my team will take it on the chin. I had the slowest Indian there. It wasn't like it was the restrictor plate that made yeah, my bike yeah, the slowest yeah, one. Yeah. It sh- should have been the best. But um, I didn't say one thing like, we're trying to grow everything to the best of our ability. And I just, what I continue to preach is like, Hey, just give me a good racetrack. Give all of us a good racetrack. We're incredible motorcycle riders. So I, I really, really try and hone in on my lane. Like my lane is to be a great motorcycle rider. I try, I don't do a great job on social media, but I attempt to, um, I try and be a good role model, role model to younger kids. And I do do things that probably aren't great, but I let them kind of, I let them kind of do their thing. If they ask my opinion, I give it to them. If they don't, I say it like stay to myself and we just do our thing. So it's hard for me to get too in depth on that because I just, like I said, I really just try and stay in my lane and, and that behalf. And, and I'll be honest, James and I will have small chat and like, maybe we should try this, but I never go to the series and say, Hey man, this is what we need to do. Yeah. It just, yeah. I just don't feel comfortable because just like on a race day, just like when I, uh, when I, crash somewhere or i don't have a perfect race maybe in their eyes when they you know botch a call or you know track is garbage or whatever not everyone's (laughs) gonna be perfect all the time yeah which we had a lot of garbage (laughs) racetracks but um we talked about that as well yeah so 
I just, yeah, on that side, I really just try and just yeah. oh, own it's in. It's a very political answer. I can appreciate that. No, I, and if I was more educated, I would. Yeah. I, like I said, I think no, a lot it's about fair. I think I think a lot of people don't have room to talk, and that's kind of the thing. That's like that's my perspective. Is like it's like exactly what you said is a perfect answer to everyone that always seems to have these opinions yeah. on stuff. Whether it's Moto America, MotoGP, Flat Track, like it's just you're well, not like, the ones running the series. That's like, hard to say. The thing is, is like, I, dude, I want to make millions. I want everyone in the in the series to make millions. I want this thing to prosper and us be great. But then if someone said, okay, cool, go up and do what Gene's doing or do what, you know, Ashley Robinson's doing um, and the guys that are, that actually make the the series go around, I'd be like, dude, I can't. But I will, oh yeah. So I just don't feel right being like, oh, yeah. you guys need to do this. Yeah. When I, I don't know what I would do. So like, yeah. I knew granted they're getting paid to make it work and I get paid to win. So like we each have our thing, but it just isn't really my, my spot to call them yeah. and ream them out. No, that's cool. I mean. Uh, yeah, I dig that. That's a, that's a pretty cool. Um, as far as like the, I mean, you, there's a lot of races. What do you got? Seventeen this year? I don't know. I don't know dude, I haven't even looked. Dude, I'll be honest. Like everything's been such a. He just like, found out he's racing. It, yeah, uh, like yeah. it's been such a hectic. Like <laughs> hey. the bike will be here like Monday, dude. Like, dude, the press race is out. Yeah. Um, it is. But uh, I think there's seventeen. I don't know. There's, there's usually there's between 17. like fifteen I'm and joking. eighteen. There, in the there last, is seventeen rounds. Now, do you think? Um, like I feel for dirt track, like it's a lot. Um, do you think less races that, like, you know, you got Red Mile, you got some really, really cool facilities and tracks that produce always great racing, Springfield Mile. There's a lot. Do you kind of think maybe we should tone down on the number and kind of make like these ones bigger and try to dig everybody, or do you like going to all of these places? I mean, there's so much history at so many tracks, Lima, Peoria, where it brings out big crowds. But I don't know if, and this may be something not in your wheelhouse, like you talked about, but I always wonder, and you know, it's kind of open, but stacking down some of the ones that were like, man, like that's not a good track we go to. And I hate saying that, but um, smaller events or smaller number of events, but like more money poured into them. Yeah, dude, that's that's a really good question. Um, see, I I feel like we're in a position now that we should we should at this point in time be able to have a checklist and say, hey, I'm going out to you know. South Dakota, or I'm going to New York City to check out Meadowlands. Does the racetrack meet this criteria? Can we make the racetrack great? Is there is we need to have some type of checklist? So, I, in my opinion, and this is obviously just us, you know, talking. I I think that we at this point in time we've been racing. How long has flat track racing been going? You know, yeah. How do we how do we not have a checklist that we go to and we should be able to find 17 rounds that meet our criteria. We've raced for, you know, I can name 17 great racetracks from over years past, and and I get that we need to get to new venues, but let's let's get somewhere and check it out and go, all right, yeah, this ain't it. Don't go, okay, well, we're in a high pop, like highly populated area. Let's just kind of see what happens. Like, we don't need to do that. It it looks better to us to be on a, on a dirt track that is kind of in the middle of nowhere and the racing is phenomenal. I, this is once again, my opinion. Um, the racing is phenomenal tracks. Great. We get great clips, which helps, you know, the TV coverage, you know, we're three wide rather than, you know, although we're, you know, we're just outside New York city, but it's a, it's a notch groove that they didn't realize the dirt was synthetic or, Hey, they only got one water truck. We missed that memo. You know, we need to, we need to be lock in on that, lock in on, on, Hey, how do we, how do we go to a racetrack and decide if this thing is exactly what we need to happen? Like what, you know, do you just keep going? Do you 
think, you know, MotoGP is 22 rounds, I think, or 23, 22. Yeah, some stupid it's, amount. It's now. crazy. I mean, 17 is pretty, it's not that far away. Yeah. Do you think it's too many is what I'm, I mean, for. I don't. Okay. I you're don't. cool with I'm racing. Cool. I'm 17. Cool. No, I'm cool with 17 rounds. <laughs> okay. So I, you, you like racing. You're I, in. I'm in it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, like the year that, uh, what was it, COVID year, we did, what, 14 rounds? Like, that seemed, but I did love the double. I, I loved it. I love the double header, but. I felt like with the racetracks, for some reason, on the doubleheader, each day we got a different racetrack at the same facility for some reason. I don't know if it's because we rode there the night before. I did enjoy that. But what I'd like really look forward to this year is we start you know, next week, but we end the first weekend of September. Yeah. So like, let's keep the people like you know entertained. Let's yeah. keep them enthused. Because, dude, when MotoGP goes on uh, summer break, I, like, I'll be locked in. I'll lose interest. I, and when we start here in Daytona and we have a month off, a month and a half, like, Dude, how are we supposed to stay locked in? Like, yeah, you know, it's not like we have a great, like a huge platform as it is. If we grab a new guy, they're gonna fizzle out after yeah. like, oh wait, we got a couple weeks. I got three or four weeks. I gotta wait. I forget about it. You yeah. know. So, I'm cool with the racing. I'm excited about this year's schedule. I'll be honest. I like the fact that we're granted, <laughs> we are real behind. But other than that, I'm excited that we're gonna we're gonna get rolling. We're gonna start knocking them out. Um, there's not a I. Need to look at the schedule. I haven't really looked <laughs> super in depth. I don't know how big of a break we have at any point in time. But like, I don't even know what the third round is, but we're just gonna. I know there's a few of them, um, but I am excited to just get them knocked out. Like, she just gotta put your calendar together still. Dude, I'll be honest, she's been team manager recently, but she's got most of the stuff locked in. That's outside my pay grade. Talk about spoiled recently. Like, so I've been with Indian last four years. The other day I wake up, I'm like, Shay, who signs me up? She goes, I did. <laughs> Huh. All right. Okay. That's been Dean Young for the last four years. I'm, dude, I'm, you've been living the Gucci life. He's been living the Gucci Petrucci life. It hit me right in the face. I'm like, dude, I am absolutely spoiled. That's funny. Now, so that kind of leads us to a little bit of a sidestep, but, um, you grew up in, grew up in California. You moved to Pennsylvania to be with Shana. Obviously, one, I think a lot of people probably don't really know how you guys ended up even together. How did that kind of, how did that happen? Yeah, just the racing thing, dude. Like, we met on the road, uh, Sacramento Mile. We battled it out. Um, first date was on the track. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Knoxville was before that. No, Sacramento was first. Knoxville was later that year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so okay, cool. we battled there and then just kind of like, you know, got to know each other a little bit throughout the paddock and just ra- we were racing the same class and then like we go to no- Knoxville was kind of cool because we battled for a win and she got her first win, first, you know, female to ever win in the sport, so... That kind of jump started things because I let her have that one. So like we have just, that in common because Elena Myers beat me in road racing for really? the first ever once. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that actually. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Wasn't that like nothing against Elena? Wasn't that like one a little bit funky? Like there was like only a couple. No, was it? She, it was straight fully, up. She fully just okay, had cool. way more power. I than wasn't pop. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't positive. Like she smoked me pretty much on the, the banks of Daytona. Okay. Um, yeah. She, so Shay beat me there and that kind of jump started things. Like I said, I let her win. Like it was, I knew it'd be great for the sport. So <laughs> just let her have that one. So we just really tried to grow the sport. But yeah. Just kind of, yeah, I did that. And then you know how it is like life goes on and all of a sudden we're, it seems like we're dating. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania, which I'd never even been there before. And, uh, yeah, here we are 10 years later, 12, 11 years later, we're married, two That's dogs. Crazy. So you're pretty young. I was real young. Yeah, I was, and like, not a lot of people know this, and Shade probably wouldn't share, like, appreciate me sharing it, but like, the there's a bit of an age gap there, but it's all good. She's a little bit of a cougar. She's a little bit of a cougar, yeah. I was a robber, actually. Exactly. Yeah, I was a young gun. (laughs) (laughs) She got you while you were young. It did, she did, yeah. (laughs) What what is it like dating, I mean, no, not, I mean, 
not, I can't say not anybody because there's some, been some other people that have dated racers, but what is it like dating somebody while you're both actively racing? And at the top of the sport. The yeah. Top. So yeah. That's, that's the thing that's, like, that's the thing that's dicey, right? It's so, not like, she's not just a hobby for her. She's like, no, I she's, think she's the most winning singles rider still. I'm pretty positive she still is. Like, dude, it, it's been weird for me because she, like most of my career, she, I spent like really, really low and I'm doing well, but like she's winning and she's a female beating dudes. Like she deserves the credit she's getting. But for me, I'm going, holy cow. Like, I don't know if I could ever match what she's doing, which I'm fine with. Like it's, I, I'm support supportive. Um, so it's funny because it just, as of the last couple of years, I kind of have, I don't want to say I've matched her by any means, but <laughs> the championships kind of brought me up. Tables have turned. And I let her know. <laughs> I say, Hey, remember those like eight, nine years where I'm just kind of like <laughs> carrying your bag. Now. I said, I, that's what I did. I, I made the meme. I said, look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> so what I say, there's carrying said, the boats. I say, Oh, I write the checks and I make the money. <laughs> That's what I told her. <laughs> you don't talk to me that way. <laughs> no, it's funny because I'm, I, man, I hope we get back to um, this year, her having a lot of success. And because I do think that she got, pre- um, and she doesn't ask for any of the attention. She just is successful on a motorcycle and it comes with it. Like, I really don't think she understands that she's a female. Like, when you look back, if you take a step back and really look at that, you're like, cow that's kind of gnarly to be consistent like almost won a championship in the singles class a couple like a lot of obviously most winning that doesn't even make sense to me um so she's really good so both of us to be really good it's not like uh like either she's really good or i'm really good or you know we kind of just like i'm doing well hey yeah just keep going you're doing fine it's like dude on certain weekends it's we're both kind of she fast quals qualified and this we're talking her on the single me on the twin she fast qualifies, I fast qualify. I'm like, it's kind of gnarly. And then, you know, we have, it's funny because there's been pressure and I, I still, I blame her because we never won a race together. Like she never won a singles race. Like we have like probably, I'm not even lying, four or five, she gets second, I get second. Or she gets third, I get third. Or she'll win. And I'm like, and it actually has crossed my mind at a certain point where it got to the point because she started bringing Being it up. Like, she's like, hey, if I win, like you need to win. Well, then all of a sudden she, she busts out a couple wins, and I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm like, – literally I'm going, <laughs> I'm not going to win now because she won. Like, I can't. Like, it's just how it works. So, no, it's a, it's a very cool opportunity that, once again, I do a bad job of taking things in in the moment because we're – as racers, we just look ahead so, so much. Every time you're looking, it's like, all right, where do we have to be on what date? So I miss a lot of that, and I have to remind myself to take it – like, go back to 30,000 feet as someone who didn't have that opportunity to have a wife who's capable of winning nationals against like even the best uh, dudes, like dude, I could line up against her on a four fifty at a clay half mile. And I don't know if I'm going to win. And I feel like I can win on twin. So it's a pretty cool opportunity. And and the fact that it fell in that way and, you know, we started dating at a young age and now we're still having success together is, is pretty cool. That's awesome. What about um, like as far as the dynamic of, I don't, know, I don't know how to put this. Like, who's the breadwinner? Like, who? How do you how do you figure that out? Because obviously, like, the breadwinner. <laughs> you, you, you know, we it, file together. Man. <laughs> <laughs> what I gonna say? We file. Oh. Who, who wears the pants? Like, who's? Oh. who's uh, it sounds James, like she's kind of the boss. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm look at James on that. One. <laughs> uh, Dude, you're lucky she's not here. Where is she? No, she is. <laughs> 
Yeah. She's listening. No. She, he's had the Nick phone on this whole time. Yeah. She's like, Nikki's out there. She just asked. The, the question got asked. Want me to tell him? Want me to tell him? The phone just yeah, exactly. rang. She comes walking there. What? From the rafters. Um, no, nah, she, I'll, I'll put it out there, dude. She wears the pants. But with, uh, I give her a lot of credit. She, especially this off season, but she's always kind of, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like she takes care of me. Um, I really hone in on the racing and, and she basically makes sure I'm at the track. If that makes sense <laughs> on top of herself winning and, and racing. So dude, this year and I'm, I don't want to say I'm useless because I'm a great motorcycle racer. I feel like, and, but in this scenario, we were put in this off season and then leading into trying to build a race team within a month, I'm watching her like, I couldn't keep the structure she does to to get this stuff to function, to get the the ball rolling, to for us to get even if it was on me, we wouldn't be in Daytona. And I and I'm aware of that. So I tell her like I don't tell her you're allowed you get to wear the pants. <laughs> but like, dude, she does a lot and I give her a lot of credit. And I'm probably biased and I sound like the standard uh standard husband or whatever, but dude, she does a good she does a really good job. I mean, her plate has never been more full. And I've cracked. I'm not even doing any of this stuff. I'm just trying to be there. Like, if she, like, needs me to go do something around, like, the house, like, hey, go wash the bikes because we just rode. And, she, you know, I always do that anyway. But just the little things I can do to make it while she's, like, designing the wrap for the truck or helping design the emails back and forth and then uh, taking care of my mom's estate with my dad, just stuff, like, that would overwhelm me and shut me down. So she's definitely the breadwinner. She she gets to wear the pants and and – we all talk about having a good a good backbone, a good woman, and um, you don't really realize that until you're at a real low spot in your life. And we've thought we've been in low positions before, but nothing's really been as low as this offseason was. Um, not so much the racing thing. Obviously, not having a ride is a low, but we still uh, appreciate what we've done and, and what we have, but just different stuff. And the way she just takes it on the chin and just keeps moving forward. So I'll, uh, I'll give her the <laughs> – she, she has a pants. They're hers. Nice. Um, what about as far as like a teammate goes? Uh, would you prefer having her as your teammate or your brother? Ooh. Since you've, had, oh. you've been in that position, before, she's gonna so. take this one well. I can already <laughs> tell. It's honestly like, <laughs> like does she have to remind you to like get your helmet on before you no, go? No, out? no, no, no. no. <laughs> hey, honestly, probably Bronson. She's not gonna take that one well. It's just, and I don't want to say I care less about Bronson, but essentially, I care less. Like he. He can do his you're own happier thing. To he can, beat, you're happier to beat up on him. Than I'm her. fine with beating up on him. Um, I catch myself caring more about, hey, how do we make this thing better for you, you know? What do we What do we need to do? What are you feeling? I don't know. Well, don't get fr- – like, all of a sudden, I'm playing yeah. rider coach. Like, don't get frustrated. Like, let's think about this. On the Obviously, everything's great when things are going well, but it's when things are tough and you're like – can't get i can't turn the bike and and even this is even on the 450 this isn't even last year because uh you know we've never been teammates 450 to twin but even not being teammates but being married i'm like well don't get frustrated on the fact that you know you took a third in the in in the semi so it's more like i care less like i want to see bronson succeed but i'm not like hey i'm going home with bronson so yeah mentally on me Bronson's easier because I want to see Shay succeed and, and like win right now. And I put a lot more eggs in that basket than I do Bronson. Cause he's good at taking care of all that on his own. Yeah. What about taking that home with you? Like how hard is that having, having your sibling other, like you have a shit day. She has a oh, shit dude. day. You have a shit week after that. Like, it can be brutal. It can, I don't know. Um, it's funny because Shayna doesn't come across as a real competitive individual. I don't think, I don't know. Maybe does she James? Oh yeah. Do you think she's competitive? Like when you're not with her at the track, 
Like just like cruising no, around. You probably wouldn't. You but wouldn't. I guess, you wouldn't. Fair. I so, guess it's it's hard no, for me like, because I knew I knew her before. Yeah, you did exactly. But <laughs> so for my end, she is a she is real competitive and she she puts a lot of weight on herself. Um, so even harder than us both having shit days because you can be like, "Hey, dude, you sucked." Yeah, you sucked, and you give each other knocks. But like <laughs> when I win and she has a shit day and I'm like walking on eggshells because I'm like, <laughs> so what? What went wrong? And I'm like, did you see me on the high line? Though? And I, <laughs> I checked out. And she's yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. Like, so that's the tough. It is. It's a balancing yeah. act that I don't think a lot of people understand. And I think the first couple of years were a lot tougher because it was just, I don't know. We're, I think maturity changes a lot of things for a lot of us. And we've gotten more mature and we've tried to try to like not separate, but like rather than just being down, how do we build? Like, like what did you learn? Like, okay. So you took 12th or shoot, you missed the main, like, where did it go wrong? Um, so I think we've kind of we've kind of figured out a way to pick things apart more than argue on the way home because we each had a bad day or I won and she had a bad day or vice versa. So it's been more of a it's lately it's been more of a like man like what can we do? So it was tough, it, dude. It was tough at first. Like there was some times where I'm like I didn't talk to her for a couple of days because <laughs> I'm just like I don't want to. Don't want to poke say, the bear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think Corey's the bear? Corey ain't shit. Like, dude, Shana's like, whoa. So now we got her. We get her fired up. But no, it's it's all good now. You wanna you wanna ask the? Do you? I mean, you've had a tough off season. Um, did you? You know, with your mom passing, did you have to really grow up and, you know, kind of come to fruition with that? And, you know, how has your mindset changed? Uh, you got me on that. I wasn't ready. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, dude, it was, it's been, uh, yeah, dude, not really. Um, if I didn't have a good wife, Bronson, now a wife, uh, I didn't have a good wife, it would have been probably a little bit gnarlier, um, a lot gnarly, really, but, uh, like, we've been, like, a lot of peaks and valleys this off season. Um, <laughs> dang it. I'm sorry. I got, no, you're good, you're good, uh. So, yeah, if we didn't have Shay, like my dad, like things would have been real, real, real different, I think. And what different entails, I don't know, um, for anyone's sake. Like Alex Bronson's wife, we just, we, we have a really good group. Like our core group, you, James, Corey, Jared Van Coy, like everyone has come together and made it super easy for us to forget not forget but just not think about because like it's when it goes quiet right and uh there's a lot of things that you don't think about behind the scenes you just think about the morning of losing someone um but really it does force you to grow up and and i wasn't good at like i'm not good at that and then it comes back to shay being being incredible dude Shana, i'm 27 years old and i lost my mom two months ago and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing like i don't know like Daytona's gonna be rough. They go to they've gone to every race for the last five years. I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna do this. And uh Shana lost her dad at nineteen. And I'm like, I don't know how you did that. Like I don't I I'm twenty seven and I haven't even helped with any of the financial stuff really. Um the the estate stuff. Like my dad's always been the I'll work the nine to five, bring home the money, and my my mom took care of the finances. So there was a huge void that had to that had to be filled that all of the really, really good women in our life, uh Shana my mom, Kim, Mitch, Shana's mom, um, Holly, Alex's mom, Bronson's wife's mom, um, that stepped in and just filled this void to, to help us get through it. And then, like, 
my dad it's just we're fortunate he came down because i don't know how things would have gone and him being in illinois and dude it's just yeah that was a blender of a question I'm, i know i'm rambling a little bit and just kind of getting all over but essentially it makes you grow up but growing up's a lot harder without having good people around you yeah i mean I, you know the reason to ask, i ask i i've been through it you've I done know, it and you were I, the first person i text anything serious to because like i don't i dude i had a million text messages as you know, you go numb. Like, you're just like, yeah, thank you or appreciate it. And you don't even really, you, it's funny because you remember, or you don't remember who texted you, but you remember who didn't when you have like core people and you're like, man, which is maybe selfish, but you just think about stuff like that. And, you know, the first like legitimate text I sent because I had Shana who lost her dad and Corey who lost his dad. Um, you were the first one as well because I knew you were a young age and, and a mom is, I don't want to say a mom's different because a parent's a parent and Shana was extremely close to, to her mom, but I was, or to her dad, but I was definitely a, uh, a mama's boy and it was, Same. it was tough. And I didn't know your relationship with your mom, but I just was like, man, what do you like? You just don't know. You're like, what, what, like, what do you do? Or how do you, you know, how do you think? I just, it's just so, especially when it's sudden. And I think that, and yours was a little bit different, but it was obviously very sudden and it just catches you off. Go- obviously catches you real off guard, yeah. but it, uh, it forces you to grow up. Yeah, I mean, I have really good, fortunate people. You know, my dad is a, he sends motivational videos a hundred times a day. So <laughs> Just I'll, Goggins, I'll Goggins. Ne- I'll, ne- Goggins. Ne- I'll never not have the motivation, but, yeah. you know, talk about kind of the, the moto crew and what we've built. I say me, I, I mean, I say we, it's not me. Like, I mean, everybody has to come together as a collective, but like we call this the moto crew and it's like, I don't know, volume four or five yeah. now, but it's like, I feel like it grows bigger and bigger. We've got you know, D-Bomb from Ireland over here now. And, you know, it's like, how has that helped? And how does that kind of, we got so many good people that we dude, go riding with. I feel like it's, it's I, insane. When, when the season started, I'm like, dude, I want the off season. Again. I know, I know. It was funny because like, I think we went to the throwdown, like she passed on. So we were at the throwdown like two weeks after and I wasn't going to go. I'm like, dude, I'm not going. And, uh, and, and Shana's like, dude, we got to go. Like, it's exactly what she would have done. So I get there, you're there and I'm sponsored by real estate Rispoli for the one V one race, like title sponsor for the weekend. And then we get a couple podiums and a dash win. We're like, in it. Dude, like we just take an exhaust. We do. We take, yeah, exhaust. We have exhaust coming in. Tires are getting changed. Like we take over the throwdown, but dude, just like being around your people again and then coming down here and just the circle when you you have a fun moto and everyone's vibing and and it's bu- it's a bummer when someone's not because you're like dude we're a crew like let's let's hype out like let's just vibe you know let's ex- you know get excited about things and it's a, a dude it changed everything and it's exactly what I I needed it's exactly what Shay needed um, unfortunately because she's so busy she hasn't had the opportunity to vibe out as much um, but she, dude like even just Nikki and Giselle. And Ashley Robinson, like her having those people for that like hour, like or two a day when they get together and get a chance just to not talk about like finances or, you know, my dad's Airbnb that my mom ran and you know, the her rentals and just just the breather that you get. It's just like a breath of fresh air. Me getting to come do this with you guys, like I love just it. Just help, you know how it is. It just gets your. It's when it's quiet when it's tough. Yeah. We all know that, but it makes it so much easier when you have a great group of guys to or and girls and and see others happy and have success. So 
What is uh, what is some of the advice or like relatability that Shane has kind of been able to offer you coming from her, her circumstances have been like a big, big thing where she's been able to kind of help you with little things that she used to get through that or. Uh, yeah, honestly. And, and it's not even so much what she said, but it's just like forward is forward is the only option and that's her mentality. And it's not, she doesn't say it. You just see it. So like I'm sitting back and I'm like, okay, she just hung up with Rick. Now she's calling the bank because so-and-so's owed money or we need to transfer money. And then she hangs up. With, and then all of a sudden I look at the clock and it's midnight. And I'm like, Shane, are you going to come to bed? No, I'm going to do our leathers quick. And I'm like, okay. So for me, I'm going, she's taking care of everything. How am I going to be the one that is is going to just not move forward? Like my mom wouldn't want us not to move forward. And then Shane has the one with all the stuff on her plate and Alex has all the stuff on their, their plate. Like we, that's, it's just the, it's a mindset and it's the attitude and it's the grind, like just the, and when you sit back and you see it, when they, what do they say? Uh, you're, you are who you hang out with, right? So I'm with her every single day and she moves forward. And once again, I have, unfortunately I have great friends. You, James is a big, like, let's go get it, dude. Like what's next? Like, I feel like we have a great group and, and obviously we're talking about her here, but if we had down her friends it would probably bring her down a little bit yeah, which would bring sure. me down a little bit which would bring my dad down it's just it's a snowball effect so with her pushing forward and i like once once again i don't do nearly the stuff she does but i know that like the few things i do i have on my plate compared to her i need to get done because she is absolutely <laughs> not, yeah like i gotta take the dogs out you know i gotta feed them you know <laughs> gotta make a pole a pole <laughs> exactly i'm doing espresso Shay, you need you want two or three pumps of that ice vanilla latte you know what i mean like <laughs> That's my job, so I take care of it. But that's awesome. That's a big thing. So, and I, once again, I go back to okay. Imagine being nineteen and her parents were separated. So there were so many things that her mom wasn't a part of. Where like my dad, and my mom were together, obviously. So it, I don't want to say it was more. It was easier, but like I feel like she at nineteen had her and Corey had a, a steep, steep, steep hill. So you just kind of I don't want to say you can compare anything, but you try and compare and be like, all right, she did it then. I can do it now. Yeah. Let's, let's get going. Yeah. So, no, oh, that's awesome. Sorry, sorry, we kind of went there, but it's something dude. we want to talk about. You're I know, good. obviously, James can relate a little bit. For so sure, I thought it was uh, no, it's it definitely was, appropriate. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, a little bit of a side shuffle, but on a similar topic, like you said, you're a mama's boy. Obviously, you know your relationship with Shayna. She's like kind of your rock. Um, what was it like having uh, a female mechanic working for you? Like, oh, yeah. was that kind of like? on the same spectrum and how did that kind of help you that was that a was that a turning point just having her in your corner as well michelle yeah yeah i mean dude honestly i think once again i don't look at it like she dude she is so on it and i don't even it doesn't even register sometimes that she's a female because we're just like <laughs> michelle hey we gotta flop that we gotta swap that front tire like four minutes later it's done done i'm like you and I, I would put her up against anyone in the paddock to do a tire change like dude she's got it so it just, yeah, it's very cool. And it's cool now because as Shana, and I don't want to call her team manager, but she's essentially team manager at this point of RWR for the flat track side. And her and Michelle speak a lot. It's almost like they, they can get on the phone. They can talk a similar language. Um, and sometimes they can't, but like it's a, it's a cool dynamic that I have a, a wife that races. We're all going to be on the same easy up again. It's going to be me, Dave, Michelle. It'll be Jake Johnson for her. And, uh, and it's cool to have a mechanic that's a female that do we win races and she is dude like she's in it i don't not trust like there's never been a time dude I, like minnesota back in uh what year 2019 she's just shredding a motorcycle to the frame in the middle of the front straightaway 
while after I just dem- like demolished it in the air fence, and I'm like, I gotta crawl back on this thing, and I completely <laughs> trust her. Like, like she doesn't miss stuff. So, yeah, dude, it's it's very cool to not only have just a a female mechanic that that does it, but a female mechanic that is as precise and on it as she is. So, it gets overlooked. I really do think it does. I think that. I need to give her more credit to to the crowd, to the social media, to the the people, which I don't because I think that we put so much in it ourselves. We get hyped up, and you just we also overlook it, which isn't isn't yeah, fair it's to a her. Sport. It is for sure because we're also the ones on the bike. But dude, she does an incredible job, and I'm fortunate to have her. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what about like obviously you're still pretty young. Um, you see some of these other guys, Jared and and. Uh, Sammy, some of these other flat track guys, Brian, who have really like worked to set themselves up off the racetrack. Are you, are you involved in any other things? Are you looking, you know, with a mindset of trying to diversify yourself a little bit? Dude, honestly, no, that's one thing I struggle with. And I, I really admire Jared for, and I admire, you know, James with his, you know, real estate Rispoli. Incredible <laughs> job, by the way. Um, this is not a sponsored. Ad. This isn't, this isn't <laughs> sponsored at all, but sold that house quick. First, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I, I don't do a great job, you know. I'm involved in some eh, involved in some investments and stuff like that, but I do really admire like Jared Mees and and I know Sammy does a pretty good job. I don't know much about many others, but I just get so honed in on racing and I catch myself not doing a good job where Shana has known for years now that she wants to be a team manager when she gets done with this. And I'm like, Man, I don't like right now I just wanna I just wanna win. Like I just wanna race and, and do what I can do to be the best in my sport. Which I think that that mindset I've kind of for a little while I a little while I did I, I kind of mentally shut myself down thinking that that wasn't good like I need to know what I'm doing next and now I've kind of accepted the fact that like the mindset I have now if I take that into anything else outside of this like I can be successful like we're trying to be the best in the you know we're trying to be the best in the world essentially at flat track so I do work every single day essentially on on being the best flat tracker I can so whatever's next whether it's you know in racing if it's not i'm ready to i'm ready to do whatever it takes to be the best at it but right now i'm just so honed in and so locked in that i believe it deserves every ounce of my energy and and focus and and thus far it's it's shown like we've had successful last couple years and i want to keep that going um i want to get a a new brand a championship if possible and just uh just focus on what's here in front of me right now what's the uh what's the motivation like i mean we see like the jawline back. We know you're working hard. Jawline's um, back, dude. Henry Wiles will be proud. <laughs> you know, like, what's the motivation like this year? I mean, you know, losing the championship. What's the, you know, I mean, this year, maybe not a championship. Who knows? We don't know. Like, we don't. We don't know. We know the bike's good on, on miles and stuff like that. And I'm sure Dave is going to build something crazy. But what's the motivation like? What do you kind of, what's the mindset? Dude, honestly, the I, I can't even call it call it motivation as much as I can call it excitement. Like, dude, I'm just fired up. And I it's funny because once again, we talked about 2020. I was pretty burnt out going into my second contract with Indian, which isn't fair because they're giving me a lot of money. And I began the year, I'm going, shit, I'm not fired up. I don't have this 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 pop. And like I, they deserve for me to have this pop, which granted, if I'm not winning, Jared's winning. So it's not like they're probably not looking at it the same way I'm looking at it. But it's just like I get why Eli Tomac has been so fired up and obviously totally different spectrums, you know, different worlds really. But dude, I'm just ready to, I'm ready to get ninth. If I, if that's what it is or 12th, I'm ready for that. You know, I'm ready to not develop because you've obviously had success on the motorcycle, but like just new, 
where am I at? Like not going into a season, not knowing is mind mind blowing to me because, and I'm not ducking expectation by any means, but it's different going in and everyone's going, all right, dude, you're going to win. You either win the championship or it's not success, which I still have the mentality, but it changes on the outside. So just excited to see where we're at and basically try and do something that, that, maybe it has never been done or I know it has never been done before. So excitement, a lot of motivation, but with excitement for me, I was excited for 2019 and I'm excited now. And I've had that, that fire for a long time, fizzled out a little bit, but I'm excited to have that back and just try something new. I love it. Are you doing anything different, uh, like program wise going into this season versus some of the other ones? Like what is your, what is your routine? Like not routine. I mean, honestly, a lot of cycling. I do a lot of running. I haven't this season or this off season, but I'm a big, like, uh, I go through phases real bad. So like I come down here with James, we get the Watts up, the power on the cycle. <laughs> they're like, they're phenomenal too. Like you just ask them. And, uh, <laughs> no, so I, I do a lot of running, a lot of rowing, skiing. Um, but more than anything, and I've told Shana, like we've missed some, some gym days recently, uh, just because of late nights riding, riding the bike, but being on a motorcycle means more to me than, uh, than anything like dude stay on a bike like ride a motorcycle ride especially a flat track bike i've been a little bit disappointed because i've been on a 450 flat track bike recently and i want to be on my twin if that was a possibility but i haven't been so it doesn't exist yet but it doesn't for me i'm okay with that i i've done a tremendous amount of moto with james and the crew down here i feel really good and then now last man i probably have i think we have five five flat track days in the last eight days with Shana yeah. and once again everything's coming together really late but nonetheless I feel really confident with that especially for her I've seen progress especially with the new team new motors new mapping stuff like that so yeah the big program for me especially when we get into the nitty-gritty of the season um you kind of get to maintain where you do you know grind like we do mm-hmm. down here boot camp so it's uh it's more mid-season just riding staying on the cycle staying on your cardio stuff and then what's going to be easier this year is the fact that we have a more uh, condensed schedule like it's it's so hard when you have a month and a half after daytona when you spend two months getting ready how the heck am i supposed to go up to the snow and and wait for a month when you can't really moto up there you can't keep the same intensity so uh it's like yeah. a double boot camp it's but... so tough man and i'm excited that we basically just keep it rolling let's hey the show goes on <laughs> <laughs> obviously mentally you've got a lot of a lot of things going on uh this off season have you been do anything different in that regard you have you ever worked like a mental coach or i haven't no and i've thought about it i think that my perspective is has definitely been a little bit different this year um and i say that every time and and or not every time i feel like i've said that before but obviously the scenarios you get put that we've had this off season really does change it um and i i try and say it to the point where i believe it as well even before you know i lost my mom and um you know the racist situation of I was going racing this year, but it wasn't going to be pretty. It was going to be, you know, difficult, but fortunately this deal has come together. Um, but just appreciating this deal, you know, like I'm fortunate that I get to race a motorcycle and the nights that me and Shane are like, we almost argue sometimes because we're both tired. I'm usually tired from, you know, making sure she's good, but she's tired from the phone calls and all this stuff. And just, at one time it's exactly what you wanted like yeah it's so a month ago we had nothing and we're going shoot we're not even racing this year and now we're going how the heck are we gonna do our team shirts haven't shipped yet i'm like guess what someone's paying for those a month ago we were paying for those like we need to just so just appreciate it i mean i always i've 
I, I feel personally, you can maybe ask James and a couple of the others, but I feel like on the racing side, um, besides maybe Cedar Lake when I was just like, I'm done here. Um, when main event comes around my You're race, good. my racing stuff, like I'm ready to go. Like, let's do this. There's, I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it a flaw, but fault or, uh, I don't know what the word would be but i when it's race time when it's main event i'm ready to go so i you know what they say if it's not broke don't fix it yeah. but i do really want to want to learn to appreciate what i have in front of me more and, and hopefully help grow the sport i just want to see we now have a guy that comes from nascar from imsa car racing from any car racing coming in with open arms saying let's do this thing let's let's do whatever we can to win you a championship um and like in my eyes i'm going shoot we have him come in like if I win, maybe that gives an opportunity. Maybe someone else says, hey, like that's a that's a pretty cool deal. Rick came in, got a guy who is, is level-headed, um, incredibly good-looking, like incredible jawline. <laughs> yeah. Jawline just um, knife people up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like we can, we can do this as yeah. well. So, yeah, just appreciate what we have yeah. in front of us. No, that's really cool. I mean, I think I've, like the last couple of years, I've, I've had to work to do my own program, and I think it makes you appreciate when you see that whole package come together oh. and you know, I know you've, you've raced in the past out of your own van and done that whole deal yep, and put, exactly. put your stuff together. But I think where you're at in your career with the level you're doing stuff and obviously doing it with Shayna and all that stuff will be even more fulfilling for you, which is, it's a fun experience to like look back on it, like halfway through the year when, you, when you're doing well and stuff and like, look at what, what you kind of built. And then you, it's also nice to know that you can do that stuff. You know, or at least you got a wife at home that can do that. Exactly. For you, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> so. I do. I fortunately have that because I'd be out to lunch, but, we keep I keep talking, and it's funny because well, you get it, dude. You've run an, like an incredibly successful team. There's that spot before the season starts where you're going, dude. I'm not gonna make it. I don't know if I'm 100%. gonna make it. And then all of a sudden, you get to round ten or not ten, but like round, I don't even know how many rounds you guys have, but whatever. Halfway through the season, and you're like, man, I can't believe we're here. Look how, and maybe it's not, but look how good everything looks. We yeah, did a, yeah, yeah. and you kind of you don't want to say you pat yourself on the back. You go, dude, we did it. We're in a great spot. We're having some. Hopefully you're having some success and you're 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 moving forward. So we've said it multiple times. I said, Shay, these are the dog days right now. This isn't fun. I know that. And you know, I I know that we're we're stressing to the moon. I probably have more gray. I'm dude, the hairline's coming in bad. Like it's not good. <laughs> but at at some point mid season. Yeah, you'll and, enjoy it. And it's funny because like we went through the same thing with my mom first two weeks i'm like we're not gonna make it like we're sinking we're going down and then you get to week three and it's like oh it's it's a little bit better week four so for us we're like do we get to daytona yeah we've 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 made small wins that's also that's also been my big motto to motto to everyone is like small wins like how do you how do you set a small like there's no such thing as a small goal but set a goal that maybe isn't like out of reach win guess what that makes you win a little bit bigger next time so that's what we're trying to do here we're trying to build a program that's going to ideally lead into something even bigger and we want to do a great job for rick and all of his sponsors we want to do a great job for the series i want to win on a new brand and uh and shana wants to show that although the twin wasn't a very successful go for her she did do she she fought the whole time but it wasn't exactly what she had in mind she's still going to come back and and do well in the single so yeah that's awesome. I'm, I'm envious that you get to work with Rick. I think that'll be cool to work with a with a NASCAR guy and it's and been cool. Somebody who's got like, like I'm always trying to like look outside the box a little bit and and learn new new ways to really honestly just keep our sport going. So oh, it's it's very cool and it's all come about so quickly for me that it caught me off guard. I'm like, dude, I I don't really know this guy that well, and I knew of him. It's funny because I called Dave Z. Uh, shoot, 
one like one day and it was funny because we were talking about my mom and he goes hey man i went through it he actually had once again dave and i have more in common than I, I always know but he's like i have a similar scenario with my actually my mom and i'm like oh wow i didn't know that but then he, like as soon as he goes to hang, hang up he goes hey man just understand good things happen to good people and you and shane are good people and what's funny is dave z doesn't say normal things like he is ripping cigs and he's pounding monsters and he's building incredible race bikes but he doesn't say normal things and i like hung up i went into shay and i'm like dude shay just like at cedar lake there's reasons i i love dave like and i will i will back him to the you know the day i die literally two later two days later rick ware calls shay hey shay i'm gonna be over for the 24 hour you want to meet up yeah for sure goes and meets up comes back to me and i i wasn't a part of the first meeting and she's like hey he wants to do this and i'm like what do you mean She's like, no, he wants to go all in. And I'm thinking only her side. And I'm like, well, great. I have a bike. I have an older box truck. I'm going to make it work. Shay, you now get to race. This is awesome. And she's like, no, no, no. He wants a twin deal. He wants to support Dave and Michelle however he can. So he's been great thus far. It's been That's so awesome. It's man. been really cool to see someone come in. And, and what's funny is the connection, like outside the industry connection that we don't understand always. Like we get so inside this bubble in the flat track world, like, oh, dude, you got an SNS exhaust? I'm going to buy an SNS exhaust. Oh, so, you know, Gordy Showprey did your head? I'm going to have Gordy. So it's been really cool to see his connection outside the sport because he's involved in so many series. But back to Dave Z and Michelle. So Michelle called me and she goes, hey. Or I go to call her about the Rick Ware deal coming to coming together. And uh, she goes, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. Why? What's up? And she goes, well, a couple of days ago, Saturday night, Supercross, they did a big thing on Rick with Joey and like all the different disciplines he's involved in. She goes, I literally looked at Dave and said, we, it would be incredible for us to get a guy like that to be involved with our, with our, with our, with our deal. <laughs> That's insane. It's, it's actually insane. And she goes, I literally looked at Dave and said, man, wouldn't it be cool to have a guy like that that would love to, you know, see us, you know, have success and flat track. And, and I know we do a great job for him. And, and dude, I'm like, That's nuts. are you kidding me? And she goes, I'm yeah. not lying in any way, shape or form. And, uh, That's the kind of shit that makes you think that something else is going there's on. There's a lot, there, right? there's a lot of stuff yeah, that yeah. you're like. No way. So yeah. it just like the stuff Dave Z says, Michelle says, I'm like, okay, we're, we're in good hands whether yeah. we see it or not. That's so. awesome, man. Well, we're getting pretty far along here. Um, I think two last questions, one being, um, you know, just you as you've matured in like the last several years, obviously, especially this, this off season, whatnot, what has been for you, what advice do you have for, for younger kids coming up that are kind of at that 16 year old age and, and just thinking about going pro and kind of chasing the same dream that you're, you're more or less the role model now because you are kind of the kid who's worked his way up and are at the top of the class. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. Cause you learn by mistake, right? A lot of times. Um, and I did a lot of that. I had a lot of mistakes, but I think the biggest thing is staying level headed. I, uh, I was, I wasn't a hothead, but I was emotional when I was young and that cost, and maybe it didn't, it cost me. It did. It really did. Um, I just was emotional and I let my emotion take over. So if you're young and also kind of cliche, but do the hard work does pay off. And it's funny because very cliche, but I was young and once back to Bronson, I, I did do a lot of work on the, on the training side and I know I had the ability, but it did benefit the, the backside or the, the racing side. I think that you have the confidence of, of like, dude, I, I work, you know, I work out and I know I talked about Jared, show me the way, but I did always have that love for being in the trenches. So Understand that hard work is going to get you somewhere. Um, understand that patience in this sport is very key. We talk about Bronson getting the opportunity to come to come to Indian Motorcycle after literally the week before riding his bike in a in a van. 
at uh, at the, at some TT, like you know, really not a great motorcycle, and then also he's riding for Indian. So a couple things is just obviously hard work, kind of cliche, but it is accurate as as all get out. Ask Goggins. Um, <laughs> stay patient, dude. The thing is with this sport is. Gotta it takes there. a little bit of time, but you have to be there. And if okay. there's a way, and I know financially it can get difficult. It did for Shana. It did for I. Um, it did for a lot of people. It just is what it is. What's that quote that Dave told you? Dave that, Z? Yeah. Good things happen to good people? No, the, uh, um, you said there's something about the canned soup or something. Oh, dude, some, you gotta, <laughs> eat the, you gotta eat the soup cold sometimes. Oh, okay. Yeah. First time I ever called Dave Z. Dave Z actually calls me my you know, back in the day, 2017, riding for Dave Zanotti was like, at least to me, granted other guys, grass is always greener, right? For me, I'm like, dude, I got to get there. So I called, or Dave Z calls me, and his first conversation he has, he's like, yeah, man, you know, I think we're going to do this thing, which Dave doesn't have normal conversations. He's difficult to talk to. He, like, gets ready to hang up. He goes, hey, man, I'm willing to eat the soup cold for a little while. You know, we'll get you, we'll get you going. And, like, Essentially saying like, "Hey, dude, I know you're kind of the bottom of the barrel. Like, we're kind of running out of dudes <laughs> to pick some up shit for a little bit, but, but we'll like, get there. we'll get you up to speed." Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. "He's already thinking I'm not the guy." <laughs> but that's pretty cool, though. It's, oh, that's it's awesome. very cool. So that was our motto this off season. Like when it push came to shove, like, "You want to stay on the Indian? You want to go to the KTM? I want to go to the KTM, Dave. I'm I'm done with the Indian. I'm ready to try something new." And uh, I actually I hit him with, "Hey, dude." I'm willing to eat the Super Bowl for a little while. And it was kind of like, <laughs> That's dude, awesome. it was almost like he had just said it six years ago and I just repeated it because he lost it as if I, like if we just had said it to each other. And uh, obviously that's not the goal. We want to, dude, I have full belief that we can go to Daytona and win, but we, uh, it was kind of funny just to kind of hit him back with that again. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think it's your turn to hit him with the last one. All right, dude. So here it is. I mean, you've listened to a few podcasts, so you know what's coming. I'm a big podcast guy. Do you know Do you know what's coming? I don't. What? I don't know why. Have, did you finish any of the podcasts? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know no, I did. I listened to Joe. Right. I, I do. You have two. I listened to Joe. Great job, guys. And I've, I'm like three quarters of the way through the Johnny one. All right. So you're on death row. And oh, got, I do know this one. <laughs> we don't know why you're in prison. Um I don't even know why he would be in prison. Just doing some fucked up shit. I'm probably just taking me's out again. Um, <laughs> so you're in prison. You're I thought on I death. was in prison last time. So <laughs> you're in death row. Sending, yeah. uh, what's your What's your final meal? Final meal, dude. Tell me, I'm not a podcast, dude. I've thought about this one <laughs> because I'm like, I wonder what it would be just from the Joe one. Um, so I grew up in Salinas, California. Uh, a lot of Hispanic heritage. A lot of I grew up in dude. I grew up in lettuce fields. So a lot of incredible Mexican food. Um, so I'd probably, it maybe sounds a little bit uh, random, but we had this, we called it the taco shop. It wasn't like, it was just a Mexican restaurant we'd go to. Like me and Shana back in the day, still trained, but the diet wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> Dude, I would eat two to three of these uh, uh, grilled chicken super burritos. And dude, they probably weighed like three and a quarter pounds. Like these things were monsters. <laughs> I would get two or three of them down a week. And uh, dude, I haven't had one in a couple of years because I haven't been back to Salinas and Dude, I would. That'd be it. Anything be special it. in them burritos? Dude, they just honestly, we always talk about it. Um, it's not special, but just the way they season their chicken, I, I don't know. It was just phenomenal, and obviously, uh, Mexican rice is a lot. At least for me, I love like a like a good side of Mexican rice. Shane is a big rice like Mexican rice guy, so I just, dude, something about them. They're phenomenal. Would you have any drinks? So, 
Dude, just the whole vibe of this or, place. Orchata. Yeah. No, so I'm not a Bronze would be Orchata, dude. Bronze is a big Orchata guy. But so it's funny and it's actually come to the point where like Bandicoy knows it's dude, a lot of the flat trackers know about this place just because they come out and we would stay at my grandma's house because she had a big house in California and they would hang out for the week between whatever was between Sacramento, whatever. We always would go there. And it's hilarious because we'd always say, Oh, dude, we're cut for mile season. <laughs> Guess what? We get out there. We have all these restaurants, dude. On. Oh, dude, they come right back because <laughs> I get to Sacramento and everything I lost two weeks before, I got back plus some on the way in. But they uh, they had this Coke machine and it was like the Mexican Coke with the real cane sugar. <sighs> but dude, the thing is, this thing when you'd go up to it, you could feel the heat radiating off it from like ten foot out, and you're like, Phew. so you get up there and you're like next to it and it sounds like it's about to throw a rod it's (laughs) and you like hit it but dude it was the most crisp coke you could ever hit in the history of the world especially from a fountain like obviously you know like out of the bottle the mexican sodas are the best but dude this thing was sick plus refills come on (laughs) little chips and salsa that's my go-to right there i love it i love it that's a good good mexican meal i would say that's probably the best one we've had yeah Yeah. bring it home dude. everyone seems like they've been really struggling with that and that's pretty cool. I mean, we love the Mexican Coke. Oh. We, we spend half our salary at uh, Costco buying. I and it was like a 30 I'm in the negative oh, dude. on the Mexican Coke. Dude, I, dude, I know. Crazy. I have a Cos- Costco membership, and trust me. But, I mean, clear. for me, this was... this. We've been looking forward to this pod. Um, I have. I know we're really good friends, so this one's really been fun for me. And I'm stoked Corey was able to come out uh, and do it. And, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on and you know, dropping some knowledge, some wealth and, you know, helping the young generation and kind of giving us some insight on maybe people that don't know you and your story. That's kind of what it's all about. No, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, I know you, but I don't know you like that well. I don't know your story. So I was kind of yeah. like saying to James, I was like, it's kind of cool because, you know, we're friendly, we're friends, but I get to ask you stuff that I actually would ask you just to get to know you. So, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate you coming on. And I think you're, uh, you're an awesome role model for flat track right now. And, uh, I'm pumped for I'm pumped for this year. I think it's gonna be sick, and I think you'll you'll show. I think a lot of people, a lot of kids, especially that like, you can go out and create your own thing, and I think yeah. that's inspiring. I think a lot of a lot of people uh, don't talk about that story. I hope you guys kind of share a little bit more of the insight uh, as you have some more free time to do so, because I think a lot of people would appreciate to see like the hard work that goes behind the scenes. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. I dude, I'm a huge podcast guy, and honestly, all this stuff for Moto America's sake, for American Flat Track's sake. This is big. Like I love seeing, I love seeing growth, and I talk about it. But I just want to grow. I want to grow my series. But if we can grow, you know, Moto America, American Flat Track, you guys do such a good job. I hope I was able to give. I felt like I got in depth to a certain extent with like my Indian, my time at Indian, and I just want to like, you know, hopefully I did a good job with that because there was some cool stuff that went on a little bit that maybe people didn't quite understand, like the me thing and. Yeah, it'd be cool now that we have the release out. I've been documenting like, you know, Shane at midnight doing doing autograph or not autograph sheets, but leathers, uh, the bikes, the testing we've done, the stuff like that. It's it'd be cool to just kind of piece it together and show people what you know the nitty gritty. Yep. James knows the nitty gritty. The average guy doesn't understand. Like, yeah, we've signed with Rick Ware Racing, but. They're just like they only see Daytona and on they, they see qualifying in the race. Oh wow, Briar didn't do well, or oh wow, Briar won. They must have had a crazy amount of time on the bike, or yeah, everything huge budget, super serious, and yeah. and no, dude, it's it's a grind. And once again, a lot of credit to Shana, but I have a lot of cool photos and videos to kind of show people that and the kids, like, hey, dude, it ain't easy. It's yeah. not easy at all. I know I've had it, and 
It's a little, funny. Bit, a little like, bit of reality check. Slap me in the face. I'm FaceTiming him like, dude, I'm trying to take my shock out of my bike. And this guy's putting floor down in his box truck. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, dude, like, yeah. what are you doing? And he goes, man, I'm putting floor down. I'm by myself out here. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's the coolest part, though, as you know, just seeing it come together. Like, today we were... I know we're wrapping things up, but like today we were running around just almost getting like the finishing touches for the, the box truck trailer. And I'm like, dude, we're almost there. And obviously after Daytona, you always realize what you don't have when you get to the race. Yeah. But I'm ready to get to that point. Like we're not going, whoa, it's way out here. We're not going to make it. Now we're like, dude, we're close. Like this is real close. So yeah. I'm pretty pumped on that. That's awesome. Where can people find you? Where, where can they follow you at? Dude, All that inst- stuff. Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, Briar Bauman for uh wow. That's a long time ago. Briar Bauman, uh what is my Facebook? I don't even want my Facebook. Yeah, right. Just look at Briar Bauman Racing. Yeah. And Briar Bauman Racing on Facebook, but just Briar Bauman on Instagram and Twitter. Just recently had a reel just go absolutely viral. So, absolutely viral. I heard Mark Marquez liked it. Marquez, if you're out there, dude, appreciate the love. Don't just give it a share or like a follow. Can you imagine if he shared that story, you'd be huge. I bet what's funny is Am I able to see who sends things out? Like, you know how dude has like 5,300 shares, dude. I'm going to see if Marquez sent it to his boys. <laughs> he probably did. He was probably like, hey, Bobby. Uh, he said, oh, dude, I guarantee this guy crashed trying it. And then I'll put the next, I'll put the next one up. He's like, told you guys. <laughs> so Cool, man. Well, we appreciate it. Dude, we'll do it again soon. Stoked to be on here. Thank you, guys. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Cheers.